everybody, and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm David Bax. Tyler Smith is on assignment in Miami. And um, I want to start, before I bring in our guests, by telling you that this episode is sponsored by MUBI, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, movies curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. There are a lot of great movies available right now. Among them, uh, Olivier Essayas' 1996 film Irma Vep, which is a film that I love uh, dearly. Uh, I'll introduce you guys uh, later, but are you guys fans of Irma Vep or Olivia Isaias in general? The filmmaker, yes. I've never seen that film. That was... Are you? I'm honestly more focused on Tyler being on Police Academy 4. It's like a beach by <laughs> Miami. <laughs> well, Police Academy 4 is Citizens on Patrol. Actually, I think it's 5. doesn't matter. Yeah, 5 is the Miami one, 4 is Citizens on Patrol. But Irma Vep, I remember I worked at a video store when... Um, Demon Lover came out, so it would have been like 2002 or so, and I watched it, and I was like, this is amazing, I need to see everything this guy's done, and I started with Irma Vep, uh, which is a a fantastic uh, film, if you haven't guessed, you haven't figured it out, the title is an anagram for vampire, Um, anyway, uh, it's, Irma Vep is a film about making a film, and it stars Maggie Chung, um, whose name I'm probably butchering. Uh, and Tyler usually does the recommendation part of the, <laughs> of the movie ad. I'm not, uh, I should have written something out, but I do love Irma Vep, and that's one of many titles that's available. There's also a special office offer, not officer, you got me thinking of <laughs> <laughs> There's also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I.com, slash pretensions. I'm sorry, that's not right. <laughs> Hold on. That's me rewinding it as Michael Winslow from Police Academy. (laughs) Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Okay, I thoroughly butchered the ad. Mubi is going to pull their sponsorship immediately. Uh, and um, I've I've ruined the podcast for everyone. It's off to a good start in my eyes. Uh. (laughs) Um, So let's, well, let's, uh, let's start by having a good time here. Um, let's let's start by promising to have a good time, <laughs> and then letting the everybody down, including ourselves. <laughs> but we are we're going to be celebrating. Uh, well, uh, let me let me bring in the guests <laughs> because Aaron has a whole like d- uh, description of uh, Hollywood's biggest night that he was talking about <laughs> earlier. Um, so filling in, it took it takes two people to to fill Tyler's seat on this show. Uh, filling in for Tyler is um, Battleship Retention Editor at Large, uh, Scott Nye. Hello, everybody. And from uh, WhySoBlue.com, Aaron Newworth. Hey. And, of course, the Out Now podcast. Yes. I should have mentioned. It's, it's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys? Pretty well. A little sleepy, but I'll pick up. What happened? You didn't get enough sleep last night? No, I, was, uh, I knew I was going to have to do this tomorrow night, so I woke up in the middle of the night at like 2 a.m. and I was like, if I don't get back to sleep, it's going to be trouble tomorrow. <laughs> and of course, the stress about that kept me awake. I actually couldn't sleep because I was anticipating the nominations for Hollywood's <laughs> Biggest Night. So I woke up, I was restless. I'm like, all right, I'll go check and wait, but I'll check it now. And I did. And, and, and now we have a lot more to talk about than I thought we would have. Okay, yeah, so. yeah, we seriously do have a lot to talk about. I mean... I'll tell you why I didn't get enough sleep last night, because... I came home from the movies and decided to clean the apartment because I knew that people were coming over Good and call. I don't have people over very often. 
And yeah, then, we're at the pretension mansion. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then last night, uh, I and then I, I I couldn't just go to bed. I watched the second episode of Empire, which I don't know if you guys are watching oh, Empire. I'm, oh, I'm no. watching Empire. Um, and then of course Broad City comes. Yes, yes. Last night. Broad City. So I watched fantastic. both of those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's why I'm sleepy because I stayed up late watching <laughs> excellent television and Empire. <laughs> I want what's mine. That's the mantra of the show. I just like saying it. <laughs> I want what's mine. Uh, but yeah, Broad City. How good is that show? Do you watch it? No, Scott? I haven't seen a single episode. It's, it's, I think you'd love it. It's I'm sure I show. would. I got too much TV on my plate, though. I'm scaling back. I'm not even watching the TV shows I want to watch anymore. What do you... What, what, tell Master me what you're watching. I'll tell you and you can cut. You can cut. <laughs> all the shows that you don't watch, you mean. <laughs> right, so all exactly. the network sitcoms are automatically out. Uh, I guess that's true. I still watch Modern Family, but yeah, I don't I, watch Modern Family. Um, I, I don't know. I, I watch Modern Family out of dedication at this point. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I don't watch New Girl. Yeah, I watch I, that. I don't watch Mindy, though. I have watched Mindy, and I like it. It's gotten much better. I'll say that for Mindy. It used to be pretty shaky. I, I completely have, agree. All right. <laughs> I have watched Bob's Burgers and like that too. Yeah, which I need to catch up on the fourth season of that, which isn't available anywhere. Uh, season one through three are on Netflix, mm. but the fourth, no go. Could you? pay to watch it on amazon Probably. maybe for like three dollars an episode but usually they have a bulk rate or like too. i guess thing or something hulu used to have i love our movie talk off. by the way this is great <laughs> yeah oh yeah well it's it's honestly it's hard for me to think about other things now that broad city's back <laughs> i've been waiting for it for so long and what's what's great about broad city is that i've never been to new york but i feel like i know it so well because of that show it really like i've I mean, I've been to New York once, but I lived in Chicago at the same time I was the age of, uh, you know, Abby and Alana. And mm-hmm. it really, like, I feel like no show has ever, and maybe no movie has ever really captured, you know, what it's like to live in a big city at that age and have no money. <laughs> Let alone with a platonic friendship between girls. This is the same week that Girls came back, which is, I would say, probably not a very realistic depiction of girls living I, in New York City. <laughs> it might have started as a realistic depiction, mm-hmm. but then they had that thing that our shows have where, like Nashville has, where, oh, everyone's successful. <laughs> like, oh, wow, everyone has a great job. That's unbelievable. Um, anyway, Broad City's great is what I was trying to say. Um, how are you guys? You already asked that. Sleepy. I'm still yeah, good. I, I was just trying to take a break to open my beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've been, I've, I'm trying not to be angry. I don't know why they use the word angry. That seems a little <laughs> rough, but I mean, I feel like I haven't been as moved by the Oscar nominations in a negative sense in a while as I have yeah. been today, which we'll get to. But yeah, yeah we certainly. will get to that. I, I want to do some. Gen- we're only. I mean. By battleship retention standards, we've barely even started because usually we don't get the top to the topic until about twenty five thirty minutes in. But um, oh, we're talking about Oscar nominations. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk about Oscar nominations then. Suits me. Okay. Well, our curse, best documentary short. What are we? Like, like, come on, <laughs> guys. What do you think? It cracks me up that people try to predict those categories too, and sometimes they're right, and I don't know where they're getting their intel. I saw one other websites that already did it. I saw. I, a, I saw a movie called One Child. That I that didn't get nominated for documentary <laughs> short. I was like certain it would, and I was like, I'm gonna have, I'm going right. to have seen one this year. Have a leg up on that. Yeah. I, you know, there's a theater by me that always plays like all the shorts, and I'm always yeah like, after they get nominated. Yeah, but it's right, still right. like at least there's a way to see them. Yeah. that makes me kind of happy. It's like oh, I'm in on this. <laughs> yeah, I did that one year. It was great. I recommend people do it if they can. What do you think's best, generally? The documentary shorts, the live action shorts, or the animated shorts? Well, because of my personal taste, I guess I'd probably go with the animated shorts. Uh, the live action shorts sometimes can feel like a truncated feature or okay. just a really overly clever premise. 
but the animated okay. shorts is like these guys literally don't have enough money to make anything more than like seven minutes and you, you know, know colors so it tends to be really concise so. yeah <laughs> colors are fun yeah so <laughs> i don't know how you guys wanted to attack these uh, these nominations but i feel like we have a good segue into animated feature right now true and i don't want to just focus on what didn't snubs. get nominated <laughs> yeah you know um or you know the outrage but uh no lego movie an animated feature I mean, it's hard not to focus on that because, for one thing, it is it was one of my it was on my top ten list. It was one of my favorite movies of the year, and it, it was certainly my favorite animated movie of the year. Yeah, yeah easily uh, for me as well. Although I I haven't seen the um the uh, the tale of Princess Kag- Kaguya, but I do like. Did Studio you see Ghibli. Song of the Sea? I haven't yet. I know it's around. Yeah, it just it, is that the new art? Oh wait, yeah. it's just left. But it might tomorrow. be leaving the yeah. new <laughs> So I, I, I missed it. I was one of yeah. the But regardless, yes, I did really like the I did really did enjoy the Lego movie. And it's not like, you know, it's not like we're in a small minority. I mean it has I think like a I don't want to get into stupid percentages on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has like a ninety six percent, let alone, you know, audience love and it's like the the fourth biggest film domestically last year. I mean it's it's not as if this was some mystery feature that like happened to like be liked by some people. I didn't yeah. love the Lego movie, actually. I really hated the ending. Um I prefer the box trolls overall, but I like the box. I, like I, I didn't really like I Big like Hero Six or How to Train Your Dragon, or as uh, Kevin Hart calls it, How to Train a Dragon. <laughs> that was the funniest moment because he's like very patiently opening the envelope and he's like giving it to the, whoever's co-presenting with him. It and was Selma Hayek, yeah, which screams and was, out, "How to Train a Dragon." I, I wasn't sure if he was like if like if they had like a brief like backstage conversation. This is the Golden know, Globes. Yeah. If they had a brief yeah. backstage conversation, like I'm just gonna run wild with this <laughs> and I want to see what you do. I could not stop laughing. Because <laughs> it, it seemed like he was trying to do it, and she, like, not being a gifted improviser, yeah. <laughs> was like, I'll run with Kevin Hart on this, I guess, but we'll see. And then that didn't work, so he's yeah. like, oh, ditch it, whatever. <laughs> Wedding ringer. Like, <laughs> it was Speaking so great. of um, Kevin Hart, you know, the, uh, the, the second annual BPs are coming up, and I submitted my nominations, and uh, we, I, have, yeah, we, have, we I, have a category for best cameo or best. Right, I thought you were going to say best Kevin Hart performance. He was in like five, he was in five <laughs> yeah, movies last year. I did, I did nominate Kevin Hart for top five. That's funny because that scene is amazing. That scene is amazing, but I still I went over that with Jerry Seinfeld and DMX. I like those. They made me laugh a little, like a little bit more when I was like analyzing which cameo in top five was best. Those ones did it for me. Uh, the, the way that Kevin Hart just like. Did you see top five? No, I missed it. There's so, a good analysis of the use of the N-word between them in a phone conversation. <laughs> that, that scene is so perfectly done as a standalone thing. Yeah, Because he is, like blows yeah. in, and there's also this, he's in the conference room, and there's, you see every time it, the camera's at a certain angle, you see that everyone outside in the office is running a certain <laughs> yeah. way, and it's like emptying out, and eventually at the end, Kevin Hart notices, and he leans out as the janitors are, are running by, and he's like, what's going on? And the janitors are like, Zoolander's in the conference room. And he gets, he goes, Ben Stiller's in the conference room. These white, white people, people don't tell yeah. me shit. I saw that scene in the trailer, so oh, okay. I, I laughed then. I don't watch trailers. Well, they, well I was at the movies, you know, I can't help uh, I'm not judging. The, the, the setup for it's pretty good. It's, it's just that conversation. I'm sure, yeah. Little scene. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, anyway, um... Top Where five not nominated okay. for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nor no for Oscars. animated feature. Um, yeah, Big Hero 6 and How to Train Dragon, they're okay, I guess. And I missed the other two, unfortunately. I've heard amazing things about Princess Kaguya. Okay. I was surprised that The Hobbit didn't get nominated for Best Animated Feature. <laughs> um, they, well, yeah, the rule is like it has to be 75% animated, which The Hobbit totally <laughs> right. fits that requirement. Yeah. Same for Transformers Age of Extinction. Yeah. Completely snubbed, by the way. Or, the Ava- <laughs> or Avatar when that came out, like... At some point, they're going to do one of those movies, and it will change everything. Excuse me. Um, Apes. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought you were calling me an ape. Because <laughs> I, I was. No, I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other... What? Uh, I, I feel like I don't want to... I, I guess I felt like I wanted to work up to the... Uh, the Ava DuVernay and David Oyelowo getting... They're the bigger categories, so we can work up there, yeah. But I feel like that's what's on my mind right All now. Right. Like, well, that's what I want to talk about, because... I, uh, Scott, we were kind of talking about this in emails today. Yeah. That I tell myself every year I'm not going to get worked <laughs> up about the Oscar You and the rest of the internet. <laughs> yeah, but then something like this happens <laughs> that infuriates me so much that Selma, um, which is my personal favorite film of 2014 um gets nominated for best picture great and nothing else except for the best original song which honestly golden globe aside isn't actually that good if you ask me um, puppy oh my Aww. dog's howling. i'm Poor hearing puppy. the see she he loved it too yeah he was he was he all for selma. sympathies for selma I, you made up a little cute dog shirt that says <laughs> selma for life hashtag yeah. march on on it like i was really impressed no, the dog made that shirt itself <laughs> oh okay <laughs> it really is the avengers of tintin um uh, uh what, were, what were your guys's reaction i've had a <laughs> it's been a weird it's been an emotional day in this respect what's weird what i've come what i've like settled on as like the weirdest thing about this it, which only leads to like two possible possibilities for me in terms of that's a possible choice for the oscars it's like selma's up for best picture selma's not up for best director or best actor i can the director thing i kind of saw coming it sucks and like the actor thing and why do you say you saw it coming just from the way the conversations were going and the way different guilds were voting were like nominating oh, okay. things it's like okay. i can, and like just the understanding that we can get to this too like the, the availability of the film before nominations we could get to how easy it might have been for the academy who mostly lives in la and new york to have actually gone to a theater to see it rather than wait for dvds to come that's laziness regardless <laughs> no director whatever actor that's a bit more surprising i will i mean steve carell's nose was that good i guess but it still got nominated for best picture which leads me to think so did you just I, not being completely familiar with how the voting process works? It's right. like, so did you just say we should vote for Selma because, and that's why it's in the ballot, <laughs> or we're just but completely it's hard incompetent? To apply like an actual like motive or agenda to this stuff because it all happens so. You know, everyone's oh for sure. Voting. I just like to, and the, di- <laughs> and the different branches vote for their own categories. Yeah, that's fair. So there's like yeah. two hundred some directors. For everyone votes picture. for picture, but it could have been listed like eighth on most people's ballot for picture, which means maybe their directors. But like it's sixth pick, seventh pick. You know, it's like it could have uh, just fallen. But it's like, out there. See, that's interesting because that says that uh, lots of people like Selma, but the directors didn't like Ava DuVernay, and or the actors few, didn't like David Oyelowo. Well, they might have liked him, but just not as much as the others. Like, it's not like they just hated it. <laughs> like, that's the narrative that gets applied when you get to the final results. But, like, the reality is it's, you know, a voting process. And even if it's listed second or third on a lot of people's ballots, that might not be enough. But uh, to go back to what you were saying, Aaron, about... Um the, the the awards that guild and and, and critics awards and stuff mm-hmm. leading up um on the one hand yeah that's a way of saying like looking and saying okay someone maybe not isn't gonna isn't gonna get what we'd hope it would get but the the flip side of the coin who would have seen foxcatcher getting <laughs> as much well as yeah did based on uh, which is on the which is why i get confused and why i want to apply something to this it's like i don't understand where this comes from if like, I, I, it's just, I don't know if it's like a screener availability thing or 
if like the the con the con I'm like the controversy about Selma, we the the movie about the black people didn't treat the white people white person good enough, right? Just boggles my mind. <laughs> but, uh, it's just it's, oh, that, yeah, that's not, I mean yeah, we don't have to blow past that. Like that's it, it's infuriating. It is, um, <laughs> and the idea that uh, I guess. Um, I never know how to say that guy's name, the writer um, who wrote uh, – he wrote a thing on Vulture for it, about it today. Um, his first name is like Bilge. Oh, Bill Gay Abiri. Oh, okay. okay yeah. I, I always hear Bilge and I feel like that's like a nautical term. <laughs> no, it's, it's Bill Gay. <laughs> um, he wrote a, a great thing about this talking about like um, historical inaccuracies in the imitation game or in any other number right. of... The white ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, any other number of historical dramas in this year and past years that don't seem to cause as much controversy. Uh, I mean, there's always one. It was Zero Dark Thirty a couple of years ago. Which also... There's, was, it's pretty much whatever Weinstein feels threatened by, and he yeah, because these, the people because that these, write these articles. These controversies, with my air quotes applied, will disappear after the oh, Oscars yeah, are gone. Like there yeah. won't be a controversy anymore. So you think it's the Weinsteins... That is the not, widely accepted not theory. Ra- not just racism. I mean, there might be some racism. I, I was just talking about as far as the theories go in the, like newspaper articles and stuff. There's somebody urging these people to write these articles. These people don't just come out of nowhere feeling the urge to write op-ed pieces. A friend of mine. Uh, I, but I feel like, the, I feel like the, the, the urge to defend LBJ, who, by the way, does not come off as a monster. No, no that's, he comes that's up. the weirdest and Tom part Wilkinson's of really good in the movie. Yeah. I wish he, I prefer him to be nominated over Duvall and the Judd. We'll get yeah. to that. Yeah. But like, uh, Wilkinson's good. <laughs> Yeah, so but I, I do feel like the urge to defend LBJ is very similar to the urge the the not all men urge. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, maybe uh, because the most prominent white person in the movie is shown as less than gung ho or you right. know, slightly less motivated. <laughs> uh, there's a, a feeling that you want to jump in and say like you know, this is unfair to us as white people or something. It's, it's being judged for like not going the traditional smaltzy route of having that kind of that white person that's here to help guide you along to make you feel more comfortable. Right. Similar to like how Zero Dark Thirty with its torture controversy, it's basically amounts to we don't have someone giving a monologue explaining torture wasn't great, guys, and right, blah, right, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. It just presents the movie as it is. So right. you don't have those things that comfort the audience more, and suddenly it's a controversy. I don't know. There's only so serious I can take these. Like I said, it pops up every year, and it's always just a knock. But it ends up affecting the movies that you want to see better it, represented. Not only effect, yeah, not only affecting the movies, but, I mean, yeah, it affects the legacy of the. Movie I don't know too. how much it did affect the movie though. In this case, I think it was more the late release date, the lack of screener availability. I, I just, that uh, that it's a it's a number of things that all add up to it. But I don't think anyone voting for the movie was like they are right about that LBJ thing. Like I don't think that was a huge effect. But uh, that aside, I mean, you, it's easy for us to say like yeah, it'll blow over or whatever. But there's something to be said. And this is what's what Tyler and I here. I get to let my <laughs> my liberal social justice warrior flag fly, but um, one less one less black person and one less woman are now nominated, right? Uh, for uh, well, I guess two. Sorry, two fewer <laughs> black people because of David Oyelowo, and one fewer woman. And the cinematographer who's also black is he? Brett yeah, I don't, that. I don't know how great. much of a shot he really had though. In the uh, between that far, and the most violent year, he just he had a good year. Yeah, <laughs> but they can't nominate two I, look, films. So. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I submitted him for the BPs. No, I'm not saying he's not deserving. <laughs> I'm saying, given the race of things, given the cinematographer's union and guild and stuff, I don't think he's built up enough years to oh, be taken yeah. seriously. Understand? That's just yeah. That'd be regardless of the work. Um. 
yeah, but uh, there, th- that's that's important, you know that uh, that especially given the year we've had as a country, that we're not going to have a less representative uh, Oscar ceremony is I think bad for it's bad for movies in in not movies themselves, but the way that movies quote unquote as a as a uh, what's as like a metonym for an ambassador of our culture, either to our culture or to other cultures, it's bad for that long run. But do you want people voting just to look good? You know what? Honestly, <laughs> maybe I'd rather people vote to look good <laughs> because I don't think the Oscars are that important. Well, in, obviously in you do. <laughs> in ter- no, in terms of art, I'm saying uh, I think there's more that can be done with making a statement with the Oscars than actually trying to pick the best the best film. I, I was going on cir- in circles about this all day on Twitter. I think in the end, if you're saying that the Oscars have to take a stand for something, you're ultimately saying you're giving them like artistic legitimacy. You wouldn't be saying this if the work wasn't good. And so you're saying that the Oscars should recognize good work by a wide variety of people, which gives them legitimacy artistically. There's okay, no way so to get so away there's a, from that. It's a sliding scale. I, yeah. I think that's okay. It doesn't have to be a zero sum thing. No, sure. But I'm just saying that Fair. Yeah, I, ultimately, that, there. No, I agree. <laughs> I mean, on an individual voter basis, Ava DuVernay would not be on my ballot, and I don't really see, like, I'd rather vote for something I feel artistically strongly about, because that's what the Oscars are supposed to do. And look, I, I, I think, to go back to what I was saying before, because these people don't, they don't all get together and talk about it in a exactly. room and come up with one, you can't actually say, like, this was racist on the part of the Academy. No. Or, or no. anti-woman on the part of the Academy. Um, so... In that sense, I, I guess I, my feeling now is I feel very angry, but I feel like I don't have anyone to be angry at because <laughs> I, I can't blame anyone for their ballot. Right. It just, I guess it just, it would have been nice. No, I do think there's a combination of like Paramount drops its own ball on how it was handling the film mixed with the fact that, I mean, regardless of changes in the Academy, it is still a pretty old white bunch. Oh, of yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not saying, that does, that's not me implying that Yep, they they really hate black people. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but it just between everything that's gone on with Selma and now seeing the seeing what seems feels like a result of all these things, it makes me kind of angry. And I will also say that I think they picked a pretty lousy directing feel altogether. So yeah, that that doesn't help. Even different, I could yeah. easily like, get ben, in there. Bennett Miller apparently is just good. Yeah. He's getting three nominations okay, yeah. for all three of his movies. I actually <laughs> did. I think I liked Foxcatcher more than the average. Yeah, that um, seems to be c- cineast. Yeah, um, my dog Jack has something to say about it. <laughs> you guys can't tell we're not recording where we usually record. <laughs> we're recording in my place, and my dog is not happy about it, or is very happy about it. I can't tell. Um, and Morton Tilde. I mean, these. Yeah, can we, let's take, let's can we go to this? Can we just go to yeah. the history until we don't belabor the point on Selma? Yeah, I think we're people get it there already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah Morton Tilde. That's I. I didn't see that coming. I saw I, it coming, but it's still a terrible choice. Because um, I, uh, Tyler and I have talked about uh, the 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 fantasy Oscar draft thing, right. the fantasy awards draft thing that we do that uh, you practically run. Um, <laughs> Aaron, next year you should join in. Okay. With yeah, us. you should. It's a lot of fun. It's cool. a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and I have Morton Tildum on my team, and so I didn't see this coming because he's done like zilch for me up until the DGA. Exactly, nights. that's what matters. And well. you think that's. That that's when you knew it was going to happen. Right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I've I, just been hearing that a lot of people love the Imitation Game, which I don't understand. I think it's an awful movie, but people out there seem to like it. 
Yeah, I'm okay with it, but I mean, the just knowing it's Weinstein and that that was the movie they were kind of basically yeah. backing, I was like, I could, I could. It, yeah. That one didn't shock me compared to other things. But did you guys see um, Headhunters? I have seen Headhunters. No. It's, I mean, it, it's it, fine. it has its faults, but it has it's, it's, so much. It has a lot of energy, energy and vivacity and character to it mm-hmm. that I can't even like reconcile in my mind. <laughs> that is the same person the that did the Imitation Game. I don't think I hated the Imitation Game like you did, Scott, but I found it incredibly bland. Yeah, that's part of why I hated it. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, what was the one who did Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. But he, he did, did. He uh, did let the right yes, one in, exactly. right? And that's that's one where I can I can see that connection right. more, yeah, yeah. given atmosphere. the tone and the atmosphere yeah. of those movies. Versus, yeah, something oh, like um, Headhunters. Thomas Tal- Alf- Alfredson. Alfredson. There you yeah. go. Yes. Doesn't he have like a brother too that does something? Also, Got I me. believe. I think. Uh, it sounds like a hockey player. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll look that up while we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> um, now. I am glad uh, Wes I, Anderson got in there because yes. that's my second favorite movie of the year. But and Alejandro Inarritu got in yeah. because, well, we talk about sometimes um, with makeup, it's often not best makeup, it's most makeup. <laughs> and I feel yeah, like that's Bird a lot Man, of Birdman is the most directed movie of the year. Probably. Uh, Dan- I, Daniel Alfredson, he did the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Swedish originals. That's what I was thinking of, the brother of... Uh, okay. Doesn't matter. I, there's I just, a Daniel Alfredson who plays hockey too. I'm almost <laughs> entirely sure. Now I have to look that up. But there's probably um, more umlauts and things over the Daniel one. Yeah, no. When I was thinking about uh, this episode last night and thinking about the probable nominees, I realized that Birdman is kind of a Michael Bay movie for Oscar type people, <laughs> in that it's just really loud. There's a lot going on. It throws everything at the wall and hopes something will stick. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like Michael Bay, but I think people are responding to it for similar reasons. Yeah. For the and record, I am a big fan of Birdman. It was high on my you? top ten list. Yeah. I found it kind of exhausting. Fair. Maybe it's supposed to be, but like I guess exhausting in like a numbing way. Fair. I still uh, like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean I can be I can have a movie that really is like assaultive and wears you out, but I actually still feel something by the end of it. Well Whereas, I just thought there's nothing to all that assault. It was like that's kinda how I so feel. So thin. Yeah, I mean you you bring up Michael Bay, I would bring up um Zack snyder because i've seen more of his yeah. films but that's how i felt about man of steel it's just yeah. like it's just this yeah. wall of shit coming at you <laughs> for two and a half hours you can't even think straight <laughs> and yeah birdman is i think that you said it right said it right it's like a it's a middle brow uh Zack snyder movie yeah i'm team boyhood so i mean it's all good for me <laughs> I can, I can yeah i'm <laughs> thrilled i think this is Linklater's first directing nomination what's crazy is Did that this for a uh, fast food nation <laughs> <laughs> I this, like fast food. This, good pull, David. This is a this is a year where like Michael Keaton, Linklater, Wes Anderson, they could all in, potentially win Oscars. Yet I'm still very disappointed in the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. The the me from 20 years ago um, would be very happy about Richard Linklater, and would be like that guy's still around about Wes Anderson because I never was a fan, uh, except for Fantastic and Mr. Fox. I like that one. I don't know. I saw Grand Budapest, Budapest twice. I liked it a lot more the second time. You're coming around. But I don't know that it, if that, because I, I find that happening a lot with Wes Anderson movies. I like them uh-huh. more the second time I watch them. But I wonder if it's because I already know what's going to annoy me about them. So you're able helps. to absorb the other things going on, <laughs> yeah. which there are many. But I'll say great. even the first time through <laughs> Grand Budapest did not annoy me nearly as much as, say, uh, Moonrise Kingdom or Life Aquatic or all those other ones that annoy me. Um, uh, yeah, I was surprised you just liked because it's pretty close to Fantastic Mr. Fox in terms of the comedy and kind of the pacing. The pacing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I guess I, um, I think I like... Uh, 
what's the word? In both Fantastic Mr. Fox and Grand Budapest, the, there's a wide variety, wide assortment of very entertaining characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Fantastic Mr. Fox has that plus a little more depth. I felt I, I feel more for for Clo- for, for Mr. Fox. Oh, okay, I, I feel like I get his journey, what his journey is more. Um, That's fair to say. You get what his journey. This is a whole different conversation. <laughs> I, get, I, I get what you can say. I get you can say he feel what his journey is over Grand Budapest, just because I feel like you're getting more revelations as you go along about what the journey's supposed to be with given the variety of characters and the framing structure of that movie. With, right. Well, and Grand Budapest is a less like personal film. It's not centered around a character in that same way. The emotion yeah, of it is right, more thematic. True. I mean, you literally, you literally start from like four yeah, times exactly. out and jump, jump, jump in. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, I, uh, maybe I, maybe I stated that distance of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, of 40 years, however much it's supposed to be. And that's why I you're the little girl feel. posting the thing on the wall yeah. and, and not like, I, yeah, the, the or the, or the, or the kid shooting Tom Wilkinson with the, a little BB gun. <laughs> 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 No, the girl who stepped out of We Are the Best into... Right, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you saw We Are the Best? I never did, but I, oh, I know Lucas Moody's it. and It's streaming it's, on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Well, so watching. is Ida. Yeah. I just like saying that because Ida's 80 minutes, so it's like, just see Ida. Yeah. Like, why, why, I'm kidding. What, like, 80, like, 90 minutes, I can understand. It's like, 90 minutes? Is <laughs> a, but 80 minutes, like, I can do... I can watch this. Like, yeah. that's whatever. Yeah. Well, let's jump to foreign language film. Let's do it. Um, now... Scott, you're the only person here who saw Wild Tales, I think, unless you saw uh, it. I did see Wild Tales. And I think I'm the only person who saw Timbuktu. And I've only seen Ida, and I'm still really want to... It's weird, like, Oviatin, I, I saw the trailer, and I read, like, a plot summary. It's like, it's just about, like, a construction business? Yes. I, for whatever reason, I'm like, I'm really interested in seeing this movie. <laughs> it's a, That's in my top five. I'm going to stick with saying it the English pronunciation. I'm going to say Leviathan. Leviathan. You know, like, um, saying tin. But, yeah, it's in, it's in my top five. It's It's more than just... That I mean, it's it's um, it's a modern riff on the story of Job. Um, yeah, I kind where, of some things it, I've read, I've kind of got that indication. The the early part of it, the film that I kept thinking of in the early part was A Separation, which is probably one of the best films of the last ten years. If you ask me, I don't know how you guys feel. Do you like separation. the past? It's quite good. Um, I didn't like the past quite as much. Really, I think it goes off the rails in the last third or so. I re- I, the first two thirds I thought was better than A Separation. Really? Yeah, I thought it was astounding. Um, but Leviathan feels like, like a separation to me feels like it's all very grounded and realistic and going from point A to point B, but it also has this feel of being like a thriller. And that's how the early part of Leviathan is for me, is for me. And then the character sort of the bottom of his life falls out and it's <laughs> becomes a different kind of movie, but it's still incredibly see that, uh, that like that's so up my, it's weird to say that, that's so up my alley <laughs> characters just getting shit on in life and yeah. then like having changes happen and maybe something works out for them at the end. Like that's, and it's all dialogue and in foreign language like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason I'm drawn to that so easily. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I didn't see, yeah, that, those are the, the only two I've seen are Timbuktu and Leviathan. You guys both like Ida? Yeah, yeah. very much. Mm-hmm. It almost made my top ten. Has anyone seen Tangerines? I don't even know what it is. I think I saw I a saw trailer, trailer yeah. on Two Days, One Night. <laughs> Which I can't believe Two Days, One Night didn't make the cut there. But it did get nominated elsewhere. So I know. Let's real quick, uh, real quick I want to say Timbuktu is amazing. And people I, saw, see that. I saw that. All the trailers, I, I mean, I'm glad they're nominated. Oh, you did Be- see Timbuktu? No, I've seen the trailer oh, for yeah. <laughs> I hate saying, I've just seen the trailer, <laughs> but they have great trailers. Like I'm, I'm interested in seeing Timbuktu each of these movies. is a great trailer, yeah. I have to say. Uh, let's move to um, actress in a leading role 
I like how we're finding segues. And then uh, that's one of my favorite movies of the last twenty years. Finding segues, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm clunking things up by putting the hanging a bow on the fact that we're finding segues. Um, well, they do nominate a lot of the same movies, so it helps. <laughs> but we, we were just talking about how they didn't nominate Two Days One Night. It's for, true for Best Foreign Film, um, and they and they did nominate, uh, but they did not nominate, nominate Marion Cotillard. Yeah, which was the happiest announcement in the morning for me. It's my favorite movie of the year, and a lot of that is on her. So yeah, there you I go. Was exceedingly pleased that she got nominated. Well, she looks she looks great on the red carpet. So why not have her back? <laughs> well, and nobody thought she would get nominated. That would be Jennifer Aniston instead. I'm so glad it. I'm so glad it, I saw Cake last week, and that is a movie oh. that she I, acted in. I'm so <laughs> glad I skipped it. I, I I guess I'm gonna be. I guess the guy who defends Cake, even though I I understand it's not that great, but I think that her performance. Um, I, I think people are treating it like talking about it like it's this disease of the week type thing because it's this woman struggling with a disease but to me the chronic pain thing is a metaphor for her depression and it's really a story about depression and i guess everyone everyone experiences depression depression in different ways maybe it fell flat with some people but it did resonate with me it's it's not that i like and i didn't dislike i didn't hate the movie by any means and it's i don't i don't think I did not think Jennifer Aniston did a good job. I think that makes sense. Um, the problem, my issue was more with the narrative of it that was pushing it to the point of getting an Oscar nomination, where it's like Jennifer Aniston's never done this before, whereas I've seen her do this before because it's a performance that seems a lot like all of her other performances, just kind of tilted with, more on the without, bitchier side of things. On. And yeah, the, and having the quote, she didn't wear makeup for this movie seems like it's informing more of the regard for her performance rather than actually looking at the performance, which is fine. It works yeah. for the film. I don't necessarily see, need to see like, hey, she needs an Oscar because she did something that's slightly different from what the, you know, the rom-com audience is familiar with for her. But yeah, the, I mean, if anything, Adrian was an Adrian Barraza. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's great. Thought, she's great in the movie. Adriana. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I sh- will say it's a pretty good category they assembled. I mean, you got Julianne Moore and Still Alice, Reese Witherspoon, Wild, President Pike and Gone Girl, Felicity Jones and Theory of Everything, and Marion Cotillard. I like all these performances. Yeah, um, I, I didn't see I didn't see Still Alice, but I also I like all these performances. But I don't want to leave behind Two Days One Night. I also don't want to leave behind my contrarianism because <laughs> I really like Two Days One Night. But I feel like with uh, the kid with the bike mm-hmm. and this one was the one in between. Nope, today? no, okay. that was yeah. I feel like maybe this is just me getting used to the Dardens or becoming a more jaded um, <laughs> film watcher. But Probably the like latter. Despite their like uh, dedication to sort of this verite presentation, I feel like I see the formula in their movies more. I think that's now than I used to. I think that's very much on purpose. Uh, but I think maybe, and maybe then it, it just doesn't work. for I me. think we talked about those a short term twelve too. I don't think that the two are so divorced there's no problem to me with having a handheld camera and a structure to your screenplay i mean one could also like one could say this about all wes anderson's films i mean right it's not like he's he has the the aesthetic but it doesn't mean that no you're right because i'm not i'm not um i'm not objecting to structure i guess i'm objecting to uh predictability maybe you saw that in incoming um like the actual there is, I guess there is a little bit of a twist at the yeah. end that I really liked. But no, I didn't see that. It was actually three days. <laughs> well, actually, it is. It is kind of. <laughs> it's, you're it's, joking, and yet. It's, it takes place over like four days and three nights. I'm not sure where they. No, t- it's. It starts on a Friday, and it goes to a Monday. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Does it start Friday, on a Friday? I couldn't remember. Yeah, it it's starts been at, like the three the, at the end of the day, Friday. Okay. And then she spends her two days of going to see everyone. 
Right. Right. And then it ends Monday morning. What? Yeah, I knew it ended Monday morning. What's the Romanian one? Like seven, four weeks, four seven? months, three weeks, two days. Okay. But that that took place over longer. Oh, did it? I, I, I couldn't tell from the title. <laughs> it took place over less time than that. But that was about the length of that's the, the gestation. Portion, yeah, of the, the pregnancy or whatever. Is gestation is that right? Gestation. Sure. Why yeah. not? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Fact. Um, All the men say. Email um, us. Battleshipretention <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, at gmail.com. So, <laughs> and again, this is me. Just I'm just picking nits here because I really, really liked Two mm-hmm. Days One Night. But I think there's something, and I think it's a better film than The Kid with the Bike too. Um, or the kid with the bike too. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that one. Um, That's with a. Uh, you can go on. <laughs> I was going to make a baby's day out joke, but, <laughs> but I guess and maybe this is just because I was younger and it was newer to me. But like when I saw Rosetta when I was like probably like 20 or so, um, it blew my mind, mm-hmm. and it's still my favorite of theirs. And then uh, I remember I remember when The Sun came out. That was like the first one that came out when I was already aware of them. Yeah, uh, I mean, and th- those two movies remain my top. Darden movies, and I don't think I've ever felt that. I haven't seen the anything stuff. they've made before Lauren of Silence, um, but the structure and the very designed nature of the film is part of what appealed to me about Two Days, One Night. I mean, the Academy seems to agree with you. They only nominated a performance and not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Did we um, not, did forget, did as that, far as stuff that missed there, I, I wish that, and this is uh, my own personal uh, thing I've been trying to trump it is uh, Gugu and Botha Ra for Beyond the Lights gives one of the best performances I've Not seen Belle. all year. She's fine in Belle. She's fine in Belle, yeah. But uh, physically especially, Beyond the Lights, she does amazing work. So you were it's able to incredible. see Beyond the Lights before... It was in theaters for like a day, it felt like. No, it was, no, it was in for like three weeks. It did a good okay. job well, yeah. for, for its lack of... No, I know, but like it, somebody it wrote an entire article about how it was barely around. And it's like, it was, I saw it, it like four weeks after it came out. It yeah, was around. It was around, <laughs> I mean, but it wasn't screened for critics and it didn't get like... I guess maybe that's what I'm talking about. Not that I feel like I'm entitled to screeners. <laughs> but at the same time, during this too. time of year with a movie that has potential, it's like, oh... But yeah, and that, yeah, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm saying I should have gotten to see this for free. <laughs> but I'm saying, I guess I'm surprised given how much people who did see it liked it that it didn't get more of an awards push. I mean, uh, it's, it's a small studio. It's a small, and, I mean, I don't know how much validity you want to give to a best song nomination, but it got a best song That's nomination. Yeah, I mean, right. Right. it got, it, it has more nominations than Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish there were some, I don't know if there's plans to make it available on VOD or something. Oh, it, it'll come out. It, it, <laughs> like, it's, I, it's coming out in February. Yeah, I, I think even a longer is, cut yeah. too. Um, I, I can't wait to see it, and I'm kicking myself for having having missed it. As far um, as best actresses go, I mean, I and this was never going to happen, but Essie Davis and the Babadook was well, that yeah, was, I mean, that would have been nice, but yeah. that was never going to happen. No, not a horror movie. But I mean, among never. among these picks, I mean, there's so much here. I, I were there others? Were there? I mean, because best actress, I feel like I've I've had difficulty thinking of like well, what uh, really could have fit in my, Comedy high horse here, but Jenny Slate in Obvious, Obvious Child. Child. Yes, uh, was I liked her. Nominated by me for the, for a BD, <laughs> um, and I also I know this is really reaching, but I also submitted Amy Poehler for They Came Together. That would be really. Yeah. Um, but that, I, that, I know that's not the kind of movie that I was actually surprised that Jenny Slate didn't get nominated for a Globe, especially because that category was awful this year. <laughs> right. Best actress in a comedy, it was a wasteland. Right. Yeah. So like what Emily Blunt for The Wood. Yeah, and it was yeah, uh, went for the Convention Wallace tomorrow, and uh, uh, Julianne Moore for Maps of the Stars, which like Maps didn't even stars. come out this year. Yeah. yeah. It it did um, play for one week at the Sundance and, uh, and but. Big, big Adams. Uh, that's just a short. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but uh, let's talk before we move on. Let's talk real quick about how great Reese Witherspoon is. Yes, I, I think, think she's yeah. wonderful. Aside um, from being maybe miscast, um, that character plays a lot differently at her age than in fact of things, which was she was 26 when she did that hike. Huh. To be at that point in your life at your late 30s is a very different take on the character um, that I think still worked, but I'm just kind of surprised it went that direction. Um, now, okay, maybe Reese with this spoon. I don't know how old she is. She's late 30s, but yeah, I feel like yeah. she looks young. She looks like my age. She looks G- given that she's 30s. supposed to play both that age and the younger version of the... Right. I, think, I feel like the balance was enough. I just... I don't know. I mean, I still really liked her in the movie. Yeah, I'm just, yeah I did too. It does give a different tinge that I'm sure reading the book would. I'd be for Pike in this among the five of these nominees. Uh, who would I be for? I would be for... No, I, Cotillard, obviously. But I do love Rosamund Pike mm-hmm. in Gone Girl. I would... Uh, She's a cool I, girl. I'd be all about Reese. <laughs> yeah, Reese Witherspoon. The coolest girl of them all, some would say, given the lack of nominees for Gone Girl. And this is my favorite Reese Witherspoon performance since she... Election? Since she drunkenly asked that kind oh. of... He knew who she was. <laughs> <laughs> so convincing. Um, I like Reese Witherspoon so much that that didn't like. My wife was like, "Oh, that's so awful! I can't believe you do that." But to me, like, I'm all, I'm so, I'm, I'm so like on the Reese Witherspoon bandwagon that I was like, "Oh, good for her. That cop should know who the fuck she is." <laughs> Did you see Freeway? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm glad to see Felicity Jones uh, playing at this level. Um, mm-hmm. I really, she was the only thing I liked about uh, like crazy. And uh, one of the few good things about Breathe In, but I agree about like because I'm not a fan of that movie, but I yeah, thought she was good. Not in a very it. good movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anton Yelchin was desirable though. He made chairs. He got Jennifer Lawrence and Felicity Jones. <laughs> he made chairs. He, he made yeah, chairs. He made chairs. But he refused to live so, anywhere else yeah, to make he chairs. Could, he couldn't make. You can't make chairs God for, anywhere. Yeah, God forbid the you British mean, need to sit. <laughs> the wood he was getting, in Los Angeles, <laughs> Los Angeles, a treasure trove of wood. <laughs> <laughs> The silly movie. <laughs> uh, the only thing I saw Felicity Jones in was the one that Ray Fiennes directed. Corey Elanis? Nope. The, one, the other um, one. The other oh, one yeah. where he played Dickens. I didn't Corey see that movie. I, I totally know. forgot about that movie. <laughs> and it was, it's, it's not The Other Woman because that was no, a comedy with... Uh, I don't remember what that movie was it's called. Something like, it like is something that, like something that. Something like The Other Woman. You yeah. didn't see her in an Aston Mouth 2? Amazing Spider-Man 2? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. She was... <laughs> Um, the vulgarity of this podcast. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay. I apologize. But we're talking about Hollywood's I, biggest night that I stooped to these I mean, levels. We have the explicit tag, but I think that is the first ass to mouth reference on Battleship <laughs> Retention. Um, it's no dick poop. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd been awake to watch it just for that. Oh, it's, there, there's a clip. I'm sure there is, <laughs> but it's not the same. It's just literally it. watching it at 530. It was morning. great reading that hashtag, not knowing what it meant for a while though. <laughs> 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 Uh, what do you guys want to move on to now? Should we just move up one to uh, up on the list here to best actor in a supporting role? I don't mean right. up in terms. Obviously, we didn't even do supporting there. actresses. What's that? We didn't even do supporting actresses. Yeah, do you want to do best actor instead? Uh, yeah, that, that's just what best. Was... supporting is always more interesting. Anyway, let's go to let's go to the best actor. Okay, what's the best what's actor. the sorry bunch in this thing? Uh, it is. I think it's a terrible bunch actually. Um, to me, the nose, the coops, the cums, yeah. the keats, the reds. Uh, <laughs> there was some uncomfortable language in that. Um, keats. That was the one. Uh, no, I mean, Michael Keaton, I think is okay. I think Bradley Cooper is very good, but when those are the best, that's a sorry bunch of factors. So where we talked about David Oyelowo, Jake Gyllenhaal, is that the other big snub? Yes. I, I don't think, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a snub. I don't think there was. Yeah. I thought, it, I thought he would get nominated, but just barely. So I'm not that surprised. Uh, he would be okay. a dark horse pick for me. And I love Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was my yeah. number three of the year, but I mean, I, I never, the movie's too. This is in the 70s. I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> like, um, I mean, if it was a supporting role that he was giving that kind of performance in, maybe. But right. For I, I guess I'm role. more surprised to see Cooper in there than 
I would have been to see Jalen Hall. I'm, I was, I was surprised. You know, I was surprised to see Carell in there, but yeah. Which, yeah, what do you think of that performance? Because I think I, it's pretty bad. I think it's the third best performance in that movie. So <laughs> okay, that doesn't turn, really say anything. No, no. I, I, yeah, I, saying, I, I think Tatum does a very good job in yeah, that movie. I think Ruffalo does. Michael great. Hall. I forgot Anthony <laughs> Michael Hall's in that. Okay, you're right. It's the fourth best. You know what? Sienna Miller's in both that and American Sniper, and she got nothing. So I don't yeah. know. But no, I think Carell. He. My issue with that performance is that I feel like I've seen him do it on The Office already. And so much better. So, yeah, and so now it's like, oh, he's still doing cringe comedy, but now he has liver spots and a nose, so and obviously that means so, Oscar. so mannered. Every second is just, like, so belabored. You can and see the strings. You, you, can, you can see not only the strings, you can see him working on the strings six months prior to whenever they showed up. Like, it's so designed. Meanwhile, I think Channing Tatum does a very good, and a person, oh, yeah. an actor that I have not underrated, I think that he's a very good actor. I think he's proven him. I mean, yeah. There's some early stuff aside, which is more of the movie than the right. man. And, you know, obviously he's young. So he, t- but regardless, he does a very good job in Fox catcher yeah. movie that I'm not that high on to begin with. So I think Mark I prefer him in 22 jump street, but I still like him. Um, Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, lamb, bro. <laughs> my left field pick, obviously this would never happen, but seeing as Marion Cotillard got nominated, I would have liked to have seen another foreign language film actor. I would have liked to see Johannes Kunke from force majeure. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Anything Force, Force Majeure, Majeure didn't, we didn't mention that in the foreign yeah. film. Force, Force Majeure, not being yeah. missed out there. Yeah, that's uh, I just I, I just like to assume that it's a very competitive category this year because these movies all look really good to me. But. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Tangerines. I don't know anything about it. It's called Tangerines. It's just, it sounds like a citrusy delight right there. <laughs> <laughs> but what, yeah, other actor misses. Uh, I, I Cumberbatch. Really, uh, Again, very mannered, very academy. I, I really liked Timothy Spall and Mr. Turner. Yes, I loved him. So Spall. that was another, and that was one that was kind of building up the ste- steam. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, love him. Love where he finds uh, Oscar Isaac was great. It's a mate. Oscar Isaac. I really like it. Most violent year. Yeah. But uh, Ray finds that's one where I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I know. Same even here. though it's like, He's got. I saw the track like laid out just like Royal Tenenbaum. It's like he wins the Golden Globe. Right. It's a performance everyone likes. No Oscar nomination. I, I when I saw the headline that uh, Grand Budapest got like nine nominations or whatever, I was like, maybe there's a chance for fines, but I should have known better. Well, let me say this before we move on. Um, American Sniper. Now, listeners will have to stay tuned to our uh, actual year-end wrap-up that we do year, the week before the Oscars to find out. But American Sniper might be my least favorite movie of 2014. Okay. <laughs> that said, I think Bradley Cooper's great in it. I can agree with that. I mean, I, I like the movie a bit more than the worst movie of the year, but I would say, yeah, Bradley Cooper is very good. I mean, he, I like the movie quite a bit. Beyond, beyond just... Okay, yeah, because I'm, I'm fairly... I'm fairly I'm, like, in an average zone on it. But, yeah, I think Bradley Cooper, beyond just, like, look at how he transforms his physique. Like, he does a... There are those there are those scenes at home that I think are really effective with what he's trying to with what he's yeah and it's so it's very interior as far as an ex, uh, portrayal of uh, post traumatic stress disorder or, which is part of my issue but also st- it's not that Cooper's doing a bad job showing what's being shown it's just like we kind of like there's a lot of action and then okay we cut to the end after all the other stuff he had to deal with <laughs> do you mean the very last scene not just in terms of like it's similar to like Unbroken where instead of having like the more interesting parts of the story of him at home. It just like shows you all like the look, how look how grueling it is for Jack O'Connell to be in, in these prison camps and look how look at all, look at all the gunplay and the action that Clint can show you with his dramatic filmmaking. And then like cut to the end. It's like, Oh, okay. He's now he's, he's finally adjusted. Good thing. We got over that. That I still think there's enough scenes at home uh, that are very tense and very uncomfortable. There's enough for me to make me, somewhat enjoy the movie overall okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh 
again, Tyler and I will talk about this when we do our year-end wrap-up, but when it comes to, when I when I name something, like, worst, I'm really saying it's my least favorite. I right. don't think American Sniper is the most poorly oh, yeah, made yeah, film yeah, of the year, it, yeah. but I disliked it more than any any other one. Um, and to be and fair, you it's not like you race out to see all the blockbusters and the various right. comedy junk. That or as uh, some critics point out, the movies that four wall New York theaters for a week or whatever, and they're like, just like very, like, very indie like, and oh, okay. have no other means of distribution than to buy out the theater. It's not like you saw Blended or Sex Tape, my pick for the worst film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just have a personal, and I feel like I dislike American Sniper for a lot of the same reasons that I dislike 300 which is not because they're so they're they're both a little uh what's the word I'm looking for? I guess militaristic obviously. Right. But I think I'm just of an age and a generation where I want a little bit of irony or self awareness and I feel like I think it's all there. I, I know we've like, talked about this before, but <laughs> I think those are both very unironic movies but in, it's in not- a way that doesn't it feels so wooden to me or not wooden opaque maybe is the word i'm looking for it's not about irony though i mean i think eastwood is and like as a you know liberal american i was very opposed to the iraq war it still am uh and war in general i just think is the worst one of the worst things that humanity can do however not nominating ava duvernay naturally um however approaching it from eastwood's standpoint which he clearly believes or at least is representing in the film that you know we were over there for the right reasons approaching it from his standpoint i think he is wrestling very honestly with the idea of doing terrible things in the name of a good cause. And I think he wrestles with the difficulty of that, with living with yourself, with relating to other people. I feel like he's just getting, giving lip service, just acknowledging the difficulty, but not wrestling with it. I feel like he's, that was my kind of like, like he's checking it on a box. Like, okay, for that part of the audience, I am acknowledging that this is not, you know, 100% everyone's favorite thing. It informs like every scene in the movie though, <laughs> until that very last scene, which I think is only problematic because it's adapting a real life guy, his story who recently died and is going to be a little bit more. The last wishful. scene has an ominous like look at the camera and cut to the, but everything preceding the text that. wrap up, oh. everything preceding that shot. I mean, that whole scene of him at the house and playing oh, with the kids and stuff, okay. yeah. I think it's necessarily problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie that precedes that every single scene is imbued with doubt and struggle and difficulty. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, Bradley I think, Cooper I think is really good at the movie. <laughs> I, I think that stuff is there. I think it's just all up on the surface. Um, <laughs> where you can see it like what <laughs> <laughs> what is that supposed to mean uh or maybe he's uh, yeah that's a that's a bad way of phrasing it. <laughs> eastwood is only contending with the surface of the issue is what it was, what i what i how it oh, should have said oh, i don't know if we want to keep going down the sniper hole that was i i knew where i was going with that sense pretty early on but what, like how, how did that compare for you for like for like hurt locker for example it's the same narrative only less insistent on it you know, it's all there. It's just not reminding you of you every, or let alone at the beginning where it's drug is a war or war is a drug. I got it mixed up. Yeah, they're both, both are true. <laughs> Did you guys see drug war? Yes. <sighs> what do you think of that? I, when was that? That was the, it was, uh, uh, oh yeah, I did see that. That's Korea. Is it Korean? South Korea? No, 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 uh, but it's a Johnny, it's a Johnny, 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 Johnny. It's a cool movie. It is a cool movie. And I really like the ending. I mean, I, I, I like, the, I'm trying, I'm just, it's coming back to me all because I haven't seen it since like, literally like a year ago i think um it has that ending shootout that's really it's it's not slick it's very real which i (laughs) yeah yeah but i also feel like the the drama that led to certain events of him being undercover in various ways it got i was interested then that whole scene of them flipping the rooms and him playing the two different guys is so awesome and that's i feel like the this we're so off topic but (laughs) the 
the talking about Academy Award nominated drug work. This is why we got into the topic early. It so had a best song nomination, didn't it? <laughs> but like st- structurally, and you know, from like an editing and from a screenplay standpoint, Drug War is such a well-oiled machine that impressive as that final shootout is, <laughs> it kind of feels like the movie just throws his hand up in the air at the end, and it's like, all right, here's a huge shootout where everyone gets killed and it's really... It's a Johnny Toe movie. I, I just kind of felt like it, it was kind of a letdown, uh, a deflation at, at the end for me. I can anyway, see that. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. Let's move on to supporting actor. Actress? Which... <laughs> well, you want to do actress first? I thought we were staggering. Okay. <laughs> yeah, ladies I, first. I, I'm not picking any... Ladies first. There order. we go. Um, so yeah, Laura Dern. Fantastic to see. Yeah, I was uh, surprised. Because you have her in the draft or do you not? I don't. Oh, but okay. I, I know I, I, I keep it. talking about the B piece. I had her in the B I had her in the B piece for that and fault. I, I, yeah, I, you did a tie. I, I just did Fault in Our Stars, um, I think, for that. Um, but it, yeah. It's largely the well, not largely the same role because well, she doesn't have cancer in Fault, she has cancer in this one. So but in terms of kind of right. s- the endearing nature of Laura Dern characters as a mother. I like that. Yeah. And I saw that twice this year and I was very happy with that. So seeing her nominated, which came almost out of nowhere that she wasn't really yeah. up for any like critics awards or any, anything. I don't of that remember nature. her being get a single nomination before this, but maybe on just something. people saying, Oh, she was nice. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Like, besides like, people like that, expecting her to be a nominee, um, edged out my, uh, pick in the Oscar draft, which is unfortunate, but, <laughs> uh, I, who is yours? Jessica Chastain in, uh, most Valley. I, I blame street for everything. So you can just blame yeah, street on this. Which I don't think that's a very good performance. <laughs> no. And it's, but it's street. And, you know, yeah. you got to get to the, yeah, they're, they're counting like how many more performances does she have versus, you know, so yeah. we got to, cause we got to get her to 20, right? That's like, <laughs> at least I feel like there's like a thermometer on a cardboard, like slab <laughs> somewhere that with like, it's almost filled to the top and 20 nominations yeah. is where it stops. And then she gets the cookies or something. I will say that I thought she was really good in the homesman, um, in a very supporting role. Um, but not enough people saw that to nominate. You like you like that performance? I didn't see you it. You didn't? Yet. I thought it was so well tuned to her kind of surfacy nature to acting these it's, days. It's, it seemed like a rehearsal. That's I was watching. It. I, I can was, see that. It seemed like I was watching her. Like it's like all right, and then we do like the block. Like there's a there's a part where like she trips slightly. Oh, I didn't catch that. And it's like a sh- like she like like Tommy Lee Jones gets the women there and she like right. takes them in and she's walking back to the house and she kind of trips slightly and I'm like. I wonder if she, she probably just did that. Just like, just run with it. It's just like little things like that has kept throwing the problem me with off. having the director in front of the camera. He doesn't <laughs> catch these things. Um, but it's uh, pretty much our Patricia Arquette show, you know, hers yeah, to win or lose, which I'm very yeah. fine with. Yeah. I, I, as am I would have liked to have seen Jessica Chastain yeah. or Adrian Palicki for John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to see John Wick. John Wick it's is good. Uh, I don't know if it's carrying over to another week, but the, oh, okay. uh, the the second run theater right over here that's like three bucks. Yeah, I believe it's on uh, VOD now. Like, oh, yeah. oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Catherine Waterston, actually, for that matter. Um, yeah, if I'm being serious, Catherine Waterston. Yeah. Um, or if I'm really being serious, um, I'm trying to think of the, the other ones I have. Uh, the wife from Leviathan. Um, but I forget. It's Elena something. I can't remember. I had some other picks for some, but I can't think. I had, I had my BP nomination. <laughs> I am glad to see Kira Knightley in there, even though I think it's not the best performance of hers. I thought she was way better in Begin Again this year. Um, but she's fine in Imitation Game, and I like her in general, so good she's, for her. She's definitely better in Begin Again, even though I think that's... I don't like either movie very much. I see, I like, um, Begin Again worked for me. I, don't I was know okay with Begin Again. Yeah. I mean, there's some parts that I think got me emotionally i think i teared up a little bit of beginning yeah. again but i 
I mean, I'm also, I'm a really easy cry. I don't know if, uh, <laughs> not in real life. In real life, it's pretty <laughs> tough. But in movies and TV shows. Uh, not real life. I, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's really When you easy. get me as far, far away removed from real life as possible. Well, I've talked about CeeLo Green's devastating monologue in the second <laughs> act really got to be. <laughs> um, but I talked about how I was a mess at If I Stay, right. even though that movie is terrible. <laughs> but, oh my God, I couldn't even. I couldn't. I couldn't even. <laughs> What's neat about these supporting categories is that they're both like locks. It seems like I'd, yeah. I'd be, and it's generally a category that I root to see surprises in. But I'm very happy with both uh, Arquette and Just Keep Simmons uh, winning the the awards. I'd be. I'd be very. I'm not the biggest fan of Just Keep Simmons in this movie. <laughs> oh, I am. I think he's. I think he's fantastic. Totally fine. Oh man, I think thoroughly, thoroughly fine. <laughs> I, I, I came to to I'm not going to keep calling that. I came to J.K. Simmons via Oz, and so all these years yeah, of him playing right. Juno's dad, all these like warm-hearted, you know, uh, avuncular characters, I've just been waiting for him to get back to being Schillinger, and that's he's essentially Schillinger at jazz school. But my question about Whiplash is: Is jazz school a real thing? Can you go to school for jazz? Uh, or does that mean you think it's supposed that? to be a music school? I think it's supposed to be it's a music, music school, school yeah. that he's okay. specializing I mean, it's a, it's in jazz. A it's a fictional academy, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's based on something very specific. Uh, right? um, that, that one that people say, Juilliard. There you go. Yeah, like That's that. a school people go to. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else we want to say about uh, the supporting category? I, I wish Ethan Hawke had a better shot. Um, I'm glad he got nominated. I think he gets overlooked a lot for these kind of roles, which just seem like he's playing himself, but I think he's really, really good. No. I completely agree. You see that again, I've, Boyhood was my number one. That's, I mean, if I'm, I haven't been clear on that. And yeah, I, I do seeing, I've watched, I've watched that movie three times. Oh, and that's, so that's like nine hours of my life. And um, seeing the arc that he has from one place to another and how he's both matured as an actor over that amount of time and how he and Linklater, I assume, collaborated together on how to shape that character. I yeah. think it's very impressive and works really well for him. That um, said, uh, Josh Brolin, I desperately wish was. Yeah, I mean, pretty, I'm going to echo something you said at the beginning of the podcast, which I, I'd much rather see Tom Wilkinson in here than Robert Duvall. Yeah. Or Robert and, Duvall. And any, anybody but Robert Duvall. I, I, the judge is on my top worst list. So I, mean, it's, <laughs> I like the judge, but I wouldn't put Duvall as one of the best performances of the year. I, I mean, I feel like any of us can get nominated for being angry at Robert Downey Jr. for having quips against you. I mean, that's... <laughs> I, that, that movie is... I, I'm so frustrated by movies like The Judge where the, the only reason you have that you're supposed to feel anything for the lead character is that other characters keep insisting that they do. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a scene that almost like literalizes it, actually literalizes it, where Vera Farmiga or whatever is saying, I love that you're this, and I love that you're this, and I love that you're this, but I hate this. And it's like, I really am not seeing all this stuff you're seeing. I'm just seeing all this awful shit, and this I don't is, know why. But I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, I feel for the character because he's a human being represented on screen in front of me okay, in an honest, three-dimensional way. But this isn't real life. Like, there's a layer of presentation. And, yes, I'm, I understand that you can like a movie that shows a person in a three-dimensional uh, and honest way, but then if that... If, if again, that layer of presentation is filtering it through a, this is the hero of the story, this is the person you want to see redeemed, I guess it's insisting on a point of view on the character that I didn't feel. But and I would it say... wanted me to root for him in a way that I didn't. I would say he is honestly redeemed, but I do... What I think is I like about the movie is that it leaves a lot unresolved. By the time that, spoiler alert, Robert Duvall dies for like the 50th time on screen, um, 
by the in time, the 50th ending in that movie. Yes, that movie does end way too many times. Um, but by the time he dies, like a lot is unresolved between them. Nothing is cleanly wrapped up. You know, there's still work to be done. There's still more storms for them to argue during. <laughs> I mean, that kind of theatricality I know turns people off, but that's my bad. David Dobkin's wild over-direction. <laughs> See, and the storm didn't bother me so much. No, Kaminsky's the, cinematography and the the idea of do more, that, that, that kept bothering me. Like, let's have a scene where they walk away from each other with a wide shot to really emphasize the distance between them. It's just all that stuff. I, I just think him asking his dad, like, where were you when I was a kid? on the stand in front of the jury and everything. That's I love that, that I, shit. I had a tough time. <laughs> but the lights that. were dim, so it was cinematic. <laughs> That's all courtrooms are. They uh, don't have light. It's an old court. Okay, so... Last thing, there's a runner about incest that's supposed to be hilarious in that movie. I'm, okay, I'm done. Yeah, and I, I'm, that is crazy because I'm actually uh, a big Leighton Meester fan because I watched all of Gossip Girl and I always really liked her. And uh, I would like to see her used well. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Life Partners. It's supposed to be great. Which one's Life I've Partners? I've heard very her, mixed things about that. Really? Yeah. Which one's Life Partners? It's the one with her and the gal from Community. Uh, Gillian Bree? Jacobs. Gillian Jacobs? Yeah, either Gillian or Gillian Jacobs. I think he's right. I think it's Gillian. Gillian. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's Gillian. You're right. It's, it's anyway, a soft oh, okay. G. Yeah. Um, so you've heard mixed things? Uh, maybe that, I, yeah. I want it to be good. So I would I'm like only, it to be good, I'm too. only okay. listening to people who love it. <laughs> Is that a hard G? Gillian? That's, that would be a hard G. Like GIF or GIF. Yeah. Um... All right, so did we, we did actress, we did animated feature, cinematography. Oh, Dick Poop. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that guy. There's a lot of fun names in this one. D- Dick Pope, Rod, Roger Deacon, that's the easy one. Um, <laughs> Lucas Zal and Rezard Lezezki. Polish people, I swear. Um, no, there's a lot of good stuff here. I'm t- sorry with all this. Um, Unbroken's like, all right, Deacon's yeah, uh, get the... he's pretty weak he, work. He gets that streep nod, apparently. Yeah, seriously. He, yeah. Except yeah. they don't award him, because why? Oh, yeah. right? that, that would be, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> and he probably won't get it this year either. Rob, nor, okay. nor should he, frankly. All of these are more deserving. What did our, what Robert Elswood do that he didn't get? Oh, yeah, Nightcrawler. And um, Inherent and Vice. Inherent Vice, which is yeah. gorgeous. You know, those awesome yeah. L.A. movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, um, we already mentioned Bradford Young for... Yeah, Selma. Selma and and I think especially Most Violent Year yeah. is really gorgeous work. Um, and obviously it had no shot with the Academy, but I'm just saying if you're not considering a goodbye to language for best cinematography, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Which I haven't seen yet. It, it comes out in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. I, that, I, know, I will be That there. framing of it, yeah. Um, okay, anything else about... Uh, I don't know. No, I, it's I, all... I mean, Birdman, Mr. Turner, Grand Budapest, Ida, all top and much work. Nothing wrong with that. There's an amazing match cut in uh, Mr. Turner that just like threw me where he's like he's doing all the painting and then it goes to some mountains and it's like oh my god oh I think I know what you're talking about yeah your mind for like a couple seconds like what is he still on the paint and then it's like no it's the mountains yeah it's like it's let alone all the other there's a lot of Mr. Turner I I I was so like like I, I like Mike Lee a lot and like I knew what I was getting into but at the same time at the end of the day it's still a two and a half hour movie about a painter so it's like yeah but you know seeing it in a theater which I think does really help for a movie like this, where you can just be locked in, oh, and not yeah, just distracted yeah. by it. To. I mean, it's really good. <laughs> like yeah. I'm so impressed by, it. and I'm a per- I didn't I didn't really enjoy the theory of everything that much, and we've talked about the imitation game, but of like you know white man biopics that I saw this year, <laughs> the two and a half hour one that moves at a glacial pace. <laughs> I was into. Sure, <laughs> I, I like that it's it's two and a half hours because it makes sure to take the time for the characters to have a 10-minute conversation about gooseberries, <laughs> which is, like, my favorite scene in any movie I saw this year. <laughs> 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 but, 
But I like just the fact that you've got, okay, you know what the scene I'm talking about where they're, yes. talking, they're just discussing whether the gooseberries grow better in a warmer or climate, right. colder climate, and it just goes on forever, <laughs> and they keep saying, pronouncing it gooseberry. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was about falling out of my chair. I'm so glad that that scene's in the movie. And the scene, I guess it's all one scene, but the, where the conversation goes from there is also fantastic. I, that Oh, that guy... Not Mr. Turner, but who's the guy with the um, with the speech impediment? Yeah, who's in the movie? He should be nominated for best comedic Wait, who is this? actor. Yeah, is, isn't he a who is he? He's royalty. He's like is he? Played? It's not like Prince Albert or something like that. It's not, uh... no, not because Prince Albert was played. That's right. He was by Jack and Hagar. That's right. from Game of Thrones. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, which I had to look up after. I was like, how do I know that guy? Um, but he was Jack and Hagar. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay. It's a show on HBO. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. A, it's, oh, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Um, but you I'm know sure there's I, no huge backstory. I have to not. I could probably just start watching. <laughs> you can probably that. just pick it up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. It comes back in April. You can just jump in. Like right. season four, episode three. I think it's like a good like <laughs> okay, just I'll, jump in. I'll, I'll check that out. Uh, but anyway, that yeah, that short guy in Mr. Turner is a great performance. But I don't know his name. Uh, should we move on? Is he in there for less than 15 minutes? Can I redo my BBs? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> a lot of those guys are actually. Um, all right, we did Ed- directing editing. Uh, costume design. I don't have any. That's not not an area of expertise for me. So I, I assume really Colleen Atwood's nominated. Yep, there she is. Okay, so good. <laughs> yeah. um, Can't even costume? find the category. It's like there it is. It's at the bottom. Okay, costume design. Budapest. Heron. Oh, Budapest. Well, I always love the costumes in Wes Anderson. Yeah, you can't movies. go wrong with that. I was glad and Heron Vice got a nod there. Yeah, uh, that was cool. a little surprising, but it's very like, surprising. Yeah. But very. Awesome. I would have. I mean, I would have liked to see Guardians of the Galaxy in here. Honestly, I, I think. Yeah, I can see that. I, it's. A lot of these films, it helps that they're not like Mr. Turner. I mean, it's it's a period, but I mean, I when I look at costume design awards, I tend to think, was there really? I mean, recreating a period. I'm sure, like, I'm sure that went over well and everything. But I feel like I've I've seen this a lot in movies. Do we really need to keep honoring it? I don't know if that's going to be an abhorrent statement to people that admire costume design. But it's like there's a lot of movies, like something like Guardians of the Galaxy. Or or these like Maleficent, which is terrible, but still you know, is, <laughs> frankly has really good costume design in it because that's the kind of movie it is. I mean, there's a lot of creativity on display yeah. in those kind of movies, and my, it's my girlfriend usually says, "What's the ball gown movie that's going to win?" Exactly, there's no ball gown movie. This I remember year, um, my dad and I we saw something. We saw something. We saw a trailer for The Duchess, and he looked over oh, to yeah. me, and he, and he and this was like March when that movie right. was coming out. So that'd be, be like a year. But my dad looked over me and he whispered. Best costume design. Sure enough, a yeah. year later, one best costume design. <laughs> I think that was the only award Marie Antoinette too was nominated for, mm-hmm. and I think also won. Now, before we move on, I need to tell you guys about tweakedaudio.com. All right. It's where you go for professional quality earbuds and over-the-ear headphones in a variety of styles and colors, and they're very stylish, and they're very colorful, and they're also very professional sounding. And you get those at tweakedaudio.com. It's a low, low price, but if you go to tweakedaudio.com, slash pretension you get that for one third off and no shipping charges that's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension got the hashtag all right i'm out <laughs> okay <laughs> um, documentary feature okay <laughs> let's okay citizen four is far i've seen away. none of these movies nope <laughs> um finding vivian mayer which i had a chance to see and i didn't overrated. <laughs> overrated wait did you get invited to that screening at the annenberg is that what you're talking about no i got another invite it was okay yeah um, I, I saw Finding Vivian Mayer at a, and it was, it's a great place. Um, but the way they do it, it's like this long room and they have two screens showing the movie at oh. the same time in one room because of like the shape of the room. I'd be so intrigued by Wait, doing that. Is it that. like one side facing one way, one the other, or I is hope it both not. up front? I, they're or? both up front. That's so but strange. Like ne- next to each other, and like there's like a, a space, a space in the middle where there's right. a stage 
where they did the Q and A afterward. Okay, would, and there's I'd be so involved. I'd be so involved in any movie. I feel like if I did that, it, I wouldn't find <laughs> I wouldn't find it distracting. I guarantee it. I'd be I'd be so like watching one, and I'd like drift over here, <laughs> but I'd still be paying so much attention throughout. It'd be great. Um, but I bring it up because that's also where I saw the Internet's Own Boy, which I think is more deserving than Vivian. I've heard good things about that one too. That's that's very good. But yeah, Citizen Four is. Amazing, That's, and I think uh, I, I hope it wins. I can't imagine anything else winning. Yeah, you never know if the Academy of these documentary features. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, Although, some of the best documentaries I saw this year I saw at LA Film Fest, and still, as far mm-hmm. as I know, don't have distribution. distribution. Um, one of them is a documentary called "Walking Underwater" about um, these uh, I can't in these these this Indonesian Indonesian culture that like still exists, like living in like the shadows of resorts now and they make their they their their fishing culture but their way of life is 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 dying out and they're also not official citizens so it's not any country so they're uh, it's a very sad movie it's not a making of doc of black sea walking underwater (laughs) right no um and then the other one i saw at la film fest is um and i can't believe this doesn't have distribution maybe because there's another similarly titled movie that came out this year but deborah granick who made um Winner's Bone, her first documentary is called Stray Dog. Oh, yeah, I heard really good things about that. Stray Dog, it's unbelievable. Hmm. Uh, I wish they nominated Monica Mana. You guys see Monica uh, Mana? I really want to see that. It's awesome. Oh, you know what? Which one I'm overlooking, and I can't believe what we're looking, is The Overnighters. Which That's what uh, I thought. I I heard a lot of good things about that, and I I thought I was expecting that to be one of them, and it wasn't in there. Neither was Life Itself, which... I feel like I kind of it makes sense when you think about yeah. it. It's like yeah. the man who criticized the industry and the yet. documentary branch specifically. Um, <laughs> there's a little fun, fun. There's Steve James getting snubbed again for yeah. the movie about George <laughs> Ebert, who defended his movie right. to the Academy. <laughs> um, I guess there were a lot of documentaries. Another one I saw at LA Film Fest is called "The Life and Mind of Mark DeFriest, which is awesome. Um, Scoot McNary and Shea Wiggum do voices in it because there's. Oh, you already sold me. There's there's like animated. Re- it's about this guy who. Um, essentially went he went to prison for next to he went to go get some of his dead father's tools after he after his dad died and um his i guess stepmom called the cops and said that he stole them even though she didn't have any like they they worked on cars together he just wanted to get some of these tools that like were like a memory of his dad um his stepmom called the cops on him he was arrested and ended up going to prison and because he's mentally unstable and incredibly smart he's still in prison to this day for that tiny, tiny little infraction because he keeps committing more oh, offenses okay. in, in prison. And he also keeps escaping. <laughs> uh, and so they animate his escapes, um, a very lively animation. That's and, cool. uh, Scoot McNary and Shea Wiggum do multiple voices. Um, also, Kids for Cash was a great documentary that I think just came out too early in the year and no one remembers it because it it's been like a year. I know the title, but yeah. Um, and then I guess you call this a documentary because I'm not sure what else to call it, but 20,000 Days on Earth, the Nick Cave movie, is amazing. Okay. But again, I don't know if it's... I thought you were going to say the trip to Italy for a second. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. I, I completely took over the uh, best documentary discussion. Uh, no, I haven't I'm, seen any of the movies. The okay. BP listeners are riveted, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, um, editing? Editing. Editing, editing. Uh, Birdman not in there, which was yeah, interesting surprising. to me. Do you um, think are they just are the voters just a little like I think they're I think they honestly literalistic and they're like, oh, like it doesn't I do. look like no, any editing. But I, the editors the editors branch would right, know that. Right, like yeah. there's a, That's why it's perplexing. <laughs> yeah. Um 
That uh, I guess the imitation game kind of sucks, but otherwise, good crowd. No, it had together. the best. It had some of the best editing of the year. It's one of the five nominees for Academy <laughs> Award. Oh, you're right. I had that wrong. Um, but I would definitely. I mean, I I like Whiplash. I, I, I guess I don't love it like a lot of people do, but I like it a lot. But if there's one category, I think that's the, yeah. In, that's the kind of category. Kind of gotta, do, or, yeah, because that movie. I guess I, my my barometer or whatever whatever for good editing is just is off, often comes down to how smoothly this movie run like how quickly does it seem like it gets from point a to point b and i feel like whiplash and nightcrawler have a sense of forward momentum that i think the editing plays i think a I, like, I think budapest in. plays into that too yeah I, for sure um I, and i would emphasize smoother more than quicker because like my favorite edit, editing job this year is inherent vice which doesn't exactly like, move quickly, but no, yeah. the rhythm of it is so well That's executed. And I'd argue that for Boyhood, which yes, again, absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's the, the way it transitions through years is is never really punctuated, which I enjoy. Yeah, but it's still very clear in each. It's, it's still like, very clear at the you, right point. In yes, story. exactly. Yeah. All right, and um, I could probably argue for Mr. Turner, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> American Sniper, actually, I do think it, oh. uh, if there if there's an award there, not that I needed to win it, but I can. I, I'm fine. I'm very fine with that pick, actually. Um, and some people are saying that Birdman's failure to get an editing nom means it's pretty much done for picture because it's very rare that something yeah. wins picture without getting nominated for editing. Hmm. All right, makeup, Foxcatcher, of course. Everyone it has a nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a nose in it. Um, it it's going to win by a nose. That's literally what's going <laughs> to happen. Right, but apparently the not into the woods, which is essentially the same nose. <laughs> they just took it off Steve Crow and put it on Meryl Street. Well, it's so weird. I can never just figure out why certain categories only get three every year, but makeup only ever has three nominees. And it feels like there's a lot of movies that have a lot of makeup. Yeah. There's going on in the Yeah, no kidding. Um, but I'm glad Guardians is in there. I think yeah. it totally deserves it. Not wild about the movie, but there's a lot of great makeup. I mean, it, it, it had to... As much as we would, some people might want to like go into like the Marvel formula. Whatnot. I mean, a movie like Guardians beyond plotting is significantly different in terms of creating a whole world oh, of yeah, characters absolutely. and locations and costumes. And yeah. Th- I mean, and like you a, said, it should have gotten the nom for costumes, yeah. but at least makeup. Have you seen Glenn Close in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have to do that, but she did. <laughs> um, and the hairstyling is probably more important for Grand Budapest than the makeup. But well, Tilda Swinton, that movie, that's true. You know, all five seconds of her. She, she, <laughs> she got, she went, she went for it. She had, she had a great time just going wild of makeup this year between this and Snowpiercer <laughs> yeah, and not in, you know, being the vampire she normally is and only the first left alive. <laughs> she got the hairstyle going for there. Original score. Um, Despla. And uh, Despla again. Yeah. I, I do I'm, love Interstellar's score. Yeah, though. I'm not a big it's fan so of Interstellar, great. but that's a great score. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let's, I guess let's not talk about Birdman not being eligible for no good reason. It happens all the time. <laughs> Does it? I guess I don't pay attention. It happened to There Will Be Blood as well and something else between well, those two. Probably The Master. <laughs> um, Maybe. But I feel like it was something else. Uh, I feel, but they, they something can't like just even point to year. a good reason why. I mean, like... It's always because the music's been used in some other form beforehand. It, but is it even, like, even, like... I'm thinking of the songs for Inside Lewin Davis. That was a lot of... They were all canceled yeah, out yeah. for that similar reason. Not score, but that was for, for song, songs. Yeah. yeah. But is that the case in Birdman? I'm not yeah. 100% no, that, sure. Yeah, that is, yeah, it's the way it kind of incorporates some of the classical music in there, I think. And, and the, uh, Does it incorporate classical music? But like the, uh, the, but the actual the, score, the jazz, the jazz stuff drumming. with the drums, there's, yeah, there was something about that. I mean, the, the, the ironic part is they're the only ones that sent me a score CD <laughs> to consider them for score. Did you get that too? Yeah, I got the, that too. Yeah. Even though our... It had already passed, yeah. And also our... 
We don't even give we, a score. Yeah, all night film critics decided doesn't even do a score. <laughs> but um, yeah, Searchlight sent me Twelve Years a Slave last year. Which yeah, another score I love. Yeah, from a movie I don't love. Um, but yeah, Hans Zimmer's been doing his work. I got to say, like, I mean, it's fun to criticize Hans Zimmer about doing Hans Zimmery stuff, but he's been doing turning out some interesting things in the past it's, few years. It's my favorite part of the score is my favorite part of interstellar i didn't care that i couldn't hear the actors talking over the score well it's a good thing you got both sound mixing and sound editing nominations <laughs> wait did it really yes yeah. it got both it did indeed that, that's okay. that's part of what pissed me off about selma there's an actual controversy <laughs> that ha- that holds water that pe- that like, director had to address and that still gets the nominations for those I very never, things i never had a problem hearing anything <laughs> i didn't either and i liked the movie oh, I, 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 but i, I like the movie too but i didn't even have a problem with the sound but the fact that it got both of those nominations that boggles the mind <laughs> i guess it shows the sound uh, people know what they're talking about i guess uh, they heard it they got yeah it. yeah i, I I did have a problem, but I just chalked it up to the theater until other people started saying they had the same problem. Uh, anything else? While we're on sound, anything else you want to say about either of those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, he's collecting himself. I will say I'm surprised Whiplash only got one of the two. Um, I'm happy it did in general because yeah. yeah. sound design's another amazing oh, aspect yeah, of that movie. But, and I don't even love Fury that much, but Fury d- depends on that sound work. I think the, the the tank battling scenes in Fury are really enhanced by the sound. I thought you said theory is in the theory of yeah, everything. The theory of everything. Like, the, the way he was battles. drawing on that chalkboard, <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy. Um, yeah, no, good call on Fury. I think, yeah, no, I, 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 I just expected it to be in there, but apparently while no one cared for Unbroken, they cared just enough to give some of these technical <laughs> nominations. And Fury was a letdown. It, so was unbroken <laughs> I, in a in a year where sabotage exists fury was not a letdown for me well, i preferred sabotage to fury for sure oh god no. what i mean about a letdown is literally i spent like the first couple thirds of fury being like i'm surprised i'm really really liking yeah this. same here and then the third act i just i was like oh i could this is the movie i thought i was gonna see and that's <laughs> yeah no that, that i felt that same way but the sound is so good i mean the uh, the uh, unbroken come on <laughs> um let's what else do we have? We don't have that much left. To Visual do. effects. Um, That's another tech category. Oh yeah, we're on that. Let's do let's do that, and then I guess we'll end. Well, we still haven't done. We haven't done screenplays. We haven't done production design. We'll get, um, let's let's, let's talk about production design. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I say that I insist on talking about <laughs> because there's because there's so much here. I say <laughs> these guys all did a good job. Again, I would I would, I would, I would, I would point back to Guardians of the Galaxy again. Like, I guess Imitation Game, they really got that period now. They really waited to go to the warehouses in England and make it work. Although, <laughs> I do really like that machine. That is a very cool... I, I don't know to the extent that it's based on historical photographs, it is, but it just it, looks it, awesome. Because it, it's like, it's very much more open and... Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not accurate, apparently. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it looks super cool on screen. He didn't just make one. He made a ton of... Okay. <laughs> That's what I was reading about in that uh, that Bilge guy uh, article. <laughs> Bilge guy, yeah, yeah, Bilge, the dude Bilge. Um, yeah, I mean, Grand Poodle. Like, does Wes Anderson always get these? Not always, but no, I don't think he's ever really. Not yeah, ever? I think his movies have only gotten like two screenplay nominations, and I know the screenplays. Mr. Yeah. Fox for animated. animated. I think that's been it. Huh. All right. Um, yeah. I will say I don't think the production design of Into the Woods is that good at all. I think it's. Very flat, but not playing to the flatness either. It's neat because I, it's not a movie that I loved, but I did admire it for being so practical opposed to CG heavy. At the same I time, it is, a, it is a very, it's very stagey. It's very much like they yeah, put a bunch uh, of stuff but, on here and put some backgrounds. you're saying it doesn't even succeed at that. That's what I'm saying. If they'd gone further in that direction and made it more stylized and more theatrical, I would have loved it. But as uh, it is, it's like. They, they teased it. You convinced yeah. me. <laughs> right. they, I was it, leaning towards being like, well, maybe that's why they're giving it to it because it is not the most realistic. But you know what? You're right. Yeah, it, they should have gone it, further. Should have steered into the skid, as it were, on that. 
Um, all right. That's good. That's production design. <laughs> Visual effects. Uh, I mean, they, 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 I, there's a notable thing I read that X, this is the first time X-Men's ever gotten an Academy Award nomination <laughs> in like seven films. It makes know. sense. I can't really think of what to be nominated for. Well, other visual effects categories. Yeah. But the visual effects in the X-Men movies are never that good. <laughs> yeah, because Wolverine has a scene where X, sorry, X-Men Origins <laughs> colon Wolverine has a scene where it looks like someone painted his, his claws of crayons. The claws, the pivotal thing I would think right. of the X-Men franchise that could not get that right one movie. Um, <laughs> that's the only X-Men movie I haven't seen. And they usually do the claws practically, so that's interesting. There was, there was one scene okay. where he's like, we need to do the CG apparently. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, awesome. it's, in, it's in this one. And I, if you're like the first time ever an X-Men movie's been nominated for something. Um, Interstellar is literally the only one of these that I've seen. So I think it's most likely to get it too. As Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think people love the practical work in Interstellar too much. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, visual effects and practical. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, aside from the mocap, there's nothing. There's nothing to be done with the games. There's but that's going a lot of the movie. I guess. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 was, I wanted to hear you guys fight this out. I, no, I, I just really dislike I, I want to see these Marvel apes. movies fight it out. I'm sure that'll be the topic of one of their movies. <laughs> yeah. Captain America versus the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> versus X-Men. Versus, yeah, versus X-Men. But the, until the rights get cleared up. Right, but X-Men, okay. Yeah. It's also Marvel. I, I meant studio. Not, but yeah, not I, I, I meant this Oscar nomination will lead into the screenplays for right. the next Marvel Studios production. <laughs> Which, <laughs> there's a whole meta narrative going on here <laughs> um all right what was i gonna say something about X-Men. transformers got robbed <laughs> i didn't see it um, uh, i mean i wouldn't even say it did it was like the worst looking of all of them was it <laughs> <laughs> some of those robots looked very thin uh, maybe they've been you know I don't need to go very far in defending Transformers Age of Extinction, but <laughs> compared to something like Revenge of the Fallen, where just like the impact of robots on Earth doesn't yeah. make any difference anymore. Where the first one did actually try to do that. Yes, the second sure. one didn't. But I was going to say the third one did. third one did again. So it seems like they're on an odd even. Well, no, the fourth one, I thought the fourth one also tried okay. to do something. Right. And that's enough about Michael Bay's why Transformers <laughs> Age of Extinction. I, I'm looking at my just list of movies that I saw this year and trying to figure out what I think would have been better for visual effects. Maybe Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. I see that. some good stuff. I mean, the aliens are super cool. Al- Edge of Tomorrow and visual sound, sound. I mean, I could. there's a lot of technical stuff. I'd love to see that movie. Adapted screenplay, frankly. Emily Blunt is supporting that performance. Yeah. I mean, she's awesome. Well, you guys movie. talked over me, but that's what I said. I, <laughs> Earlier, I said Emily Blunt for Edge of Tomorrow. No one count it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had her in the BPs actually. Okay. She might have been um, the one that I put in the supporting I couldn't think of earlier. Um Visual- let's go to writing. Um Oh boy. Where am I? Here? Which one? Adapted screenplay, including Whiplash, which I guess there's some minor controversy over whether yeah, that's right adapted so. screenplay. Uh, why why is that because i thought there was a short film he made a short film that was just a scene from the movie that he made in order to sell the feature to get financing and because that short film played festivals it's an existing property that he adapted for a feature and i'm sure he's crying into his mimosa at the nominees (laughs) breakfast about it (laughs) well yeah um and frankly it was an easier category for them to uh compete in so they're probably they probably caught a lucky break there right um, but I was surprised that Gone Girl didn't make the grade in adapted screenplay, but I was thrilled at Inherent Vice. Yeah, you get that kind of like a letdown and a surprise at the same time. I mean, at the same time, you could ditch Imitation Game and Theory of Everything, no problem. <laughs> I'd say and, American Sniper as well. I don't, I mean. Well, not compared to Gone Girl, certainly, yeah. Yeah, I would put Gone Girl. I would also put, not just because I have it in our draft thing, but Wild. 
Uh, yeah, I that's a good one. Yeah. Um, anything uh, original screenplay? More love for Foxcatcher. Yeah. Yeah. Inexplicably. Um, <laughs> wish there were. This was the category that I kind of hoped like they'd throw a most violent year or love is strange a bone. Oh, right. Love is strange. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a good. Yeah. One. But uh, no, had to get Foxcatcher, Nightcrawler in there. Or obvious child. I would have. Uh, yeah, that was actually that. that was one I was expecting to see is like oh they actually got one uh, and then foxcatcher wins everything it was a very com- <laughs> it was a strangely competitive category this yeah year. usually uh, there's a lot less competition but i'm glad that boyhood and grand budapest are in there you know which, fine, I which i expected anyway yeah for sure and i think and nightcrawl i mean i love nightcrawl i mean i'm happy nightcrawl got there. i don't like it. it's okay it's fine um it got something in almost any of these could win though it's yeah, wait, wait, what thing. is your issue with nightcrawl it uh from the moment it starts you know everything that's going to happen there's no okay. moment at which it well, veers this, off track this is an interesting uh, uh i guess uh question to pose then is best screenplay about what you're talking about or is it knowing the fact, what the story is already right but, or is it the fact that the character if the character is well written enough does that supersede because to me that's why i like i, I think nightcrawler is a fantastic screenplay because it's it's economical and also very rich in a character sense and if you're right that it it you know you can see where it's headed from the beginning and i think that's um part of the design anyway uh isn't it still a good screenplay no because i don't think that character is very interesting he's completely one-dimensional there's just he does that one thing and he does it all the way through so of course it's gonna turn out that way there's no other way that movie could turn out there's no dynamic there's no tension if it was more traditional i mean it could he could be caught. For I guess he could be arrested <laughs> at the end, but that didn't seem very or likely. Or he could to turn me. into a murderer himself. I I mean, know, I but all of this would seem unnatural to me. This is like it, it went with the safest, most natural route it could possibly go. I, I feel maybe uh, this is because I work in the corporate world <laughs> or to some extent. Because I feel like this is Nightcrawler. Has there have been comparisons to Network? And to me, I think that's almost tangential or yeah, almost I agree. incidental. It's to me. It's really about um, what it takes to get ahead in the American workforce today, um, and that stuff resonated with me. And I found in that character, you know, obviously exaggerated, almost satirical versions of things that I have seen. Well, that's life. part of why I don't really blame it's ne- it being necessarily predictable because it does have a that kind of layer of satire on top where right. but it's, it's so, supposed to go away. It's so thesis-y. Like, this isn't a story. This is some guy's thesis that he's written into a story form. This is a very large trend in modern movies that I really dislike. Give me some but, other examples. Uh, man, lay out the best picture nominees, basically. <laughs> like, every movie is starting with an idea that it's developing. It's not reacting to the characters in the situation it's not developing anything it's like but that but we really put very we really put it that far down compared to a lot of these best picture nominees that have had over the years like something like king speech well the king speech is just boring and <laughs> trifling but like uh, but i feel i mean we're, we're now we're down to just an issue of taste because to me there's nothing wrong with that i, I think i respond to that actually but it, there's no tension to that thesis either it, it sets it out from the very start and ends in the only place it possibly could it doesn't challenge it it doesn't uh negate it it doesn't but isn't there something almost like um it's it's tried to compare movies to roller coasters but it's the same sort of you know where a roller coaster is going and you know you're going to be okay at the end but there's a lot of tension 
in the inevitability and the unceasingness. There's also of the it. collaborative process of filmmaking where you may know where something's going, but the way it's accomplished based on what, you know, acting score, cinematography, editing, what have you. I mean, that. But I thought all that was very flat, too, okay. and very, <laughs> very presentational. And it didn't. Again, it, there was no interior well, tension to the movie those, at all. Those words are not uh, necessarily the same thing. Flat and presentational. Or, okay, well, they're two things the movie was. Because <laughs> uh, I disagree about being flat, but I'm okay with it being presentational. I'm okay with seeing my neighborhood on screen in a way that sort of makes it uh, look larger than life in a way. You know, in seeing the uh, the witch witch at the corner of Ventura and Laurel. Uh, I, I'm okay with sort of, uh, I guess from a formal, formalist standpoint, just reveling in the heightened or presentational nature of the way the film uh, looks, because I think if you're uh, to, to, to be, to be a formalist about it, um, if you're tying it into, maybe this is in a slyer way, more like what we were talking about into the woods should have done by making Los Angeles look again, presentational or almost sort of stagey or fake. It's, it's almost like a, an expressionistic thing of this is how Jake Gyllenhaal's character, this is how Lou Bloom sees the world. It's his stage. Uh, that to me is such a boring approach to a movie. <laughs> it's so dull. I, I, that I approach I, has been I, taken time and again, and it's just so tired. And like to have it be all from that character's perspective, who's not an interesting character, there's nothing going on with that I guy. See, well, I, that's obviously a place where even I disagree. What uh, is interesting about him? That uh, he's... Again, uh, this is about the thesis of it, but <laughs> that um, our culture has, um, what's the word I'm looking for, has given birth to this thing that's perfectly adapted to survive in it. That has is never challenged in that and never given reason to divert from that and never doubts himself, never struggles with it. There's no tension to that movie at all. <laughs> there's a, okay, uh, there's only no tension if you're viewing him as a quote-unquote protagonist in the traditional sense, but as a satirical exaggeration of something that actually exists in this world and something to fear, I think there's a lot of tension in Nightcrawler in the idea, the same way that you want to sleep with the lights on after you watch The Babadook. <laughs> you know, it's weird to be out in the world thinking there are people somewhat like that. If you don't know there are people like that... <laughs> I, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> but this is such a basic thing. It's like saying it's like it's almost like a hooker with a heart of gold or something. It's like it's such a basic type that it doesn't develop at all. But there, uh, there's you know, uh, what I'm about to say is a cliche in and of itself. But <laughs> cliches become cliches for a reason because they work, and therefore, you know, seeing them done right is still satisfying to me, at least. Uh, you know. Uh, the hooker with a heart of gold when done right can be great. I'm trying to think of the last example of that. <laughs> I'm having trouble. Um, yeah, like I, I said, I mean, if, if this character is some revelation to people, I guess that's positive, but I can't imagine how you are living in 2014. But I don't think it has to be a revelation. But that's what you're saying. You're like, no, seeing this. no, I'm saying that it's about confronting it. You know, it's but like we, the idea of, um, uh, you know, pollution or environmental problems we all know they're there mm -hmm. but you know it's compelling or <laughs> there's <laughs> like, a surprise cat listeners yeah, just, scared me. Um, <laughs> just like a horror movie there's a, yeah well and yeah and what i'm talking about is like a <laughs> horror movie too that you uh 
for two hours, you can't look away from this thing that exists. You have to acknowledge it, confront it, acknowledge it. And I think there's, you know, tension is the word you use. I don't know if it's necessarily the word, but for lack of a better word, there's tension in that. I, I guess I, I disagree, I, or I don't think that's a very interesting thing to develop on screen. I think it's just so so automatic in the world we live in that it's, to confront it is to just wake up in the morning. Renee Russo is another one I was trying to think of for supporting actress. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on Nightcrawler on our discussion here? Not that I can Obviously, really... Obviously, Scott and I are not going to see eye It's eye the eye. kind of thing where it's like, it's not like I'm about to convince him of something different. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not about convincing me. It's about I, yeah, I, presenting a dynamic discussion for the listeners. It doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> okay. Well, it does. Yeah, but I'm saying my interpretation is the be-all, end-all. I'm glad you disagree with me. We're, presenting, we're, mine. we're creating a podcast here, you know? Right. This isn't debate. But club. we really do hate each other right now. Right. Yeah, you're <laughs> both red. <laughs> Uh, I'm a deep crimson because I'm black. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm red with um, being about done with this podcast. That's what I'm red with. Uh, we didn't talk about Common best original expression. score. No, we did. Yeah, we did. Oh, oh, sorry, song. song. We song. didn't talk oh, about yeah. the original song. You're right. The Beyond the Lights category. <laughs> I guess we did talk about it in that way. Um, well, yeah, I guess uh, other than everything is awesome... Which like I just don't know. That is incredibly ironic. That song's ca- caught on in culture, given that is set up in the movie as an example of right. <laughs> oppressive society. I'm just happy that the Academy they don't like toys, but they're big Lonely Island fans. That's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I'll I, I don't like to give a lot of credit to the Golden Globes, but the Golden Globes nominated both Lord and Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have liked to seen. <laughs> notwithstanding how awful the use of the Lana Del Rey song is. Or how awful that song is, is no, period. I think it's a good song. All right. I just think it's your a big eyes and your big lies. Yeah. Such a genius wordplay. Okay, well, see, this is... <laughs> I like I, the I feel song. Like this is actually part of our... You and I just have a different, <laughs> uh, a different approach to art in general. I don't think lyrics no, are that I, important. I, I don't think lyrics are that important either. The tune is so dull I almost fell asleep. Uh, it's yeah. It's, uh, it's honestly it's the only thing I've liked from Lana Del Rey since uh, of any of her newer stuff. I like I liked her songs in uh, Gatsby. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was off yeah. the that that was from her like first wave. Oh, her, really? Like, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I, I liked that stuff. I'm not up on my Del Rey. Um, but I, yeah, I haven't liked any of her 2014 stuff really. Uh, but I do like this song, and I really like the Lord song from Mockingjay. Yeah, that was good. Uh, and uh, neither what, one of those got... What is this Glenn Campbell I'll Be Me? What is this? I don't even know. You always get this one weird one. Uh, I'd heard of that movie. I have no idea about the song or much else about the movie. It's, and which, which one is Lost Stars and Begin Again? It's the... Uh, my girlfriend is telling me about this because I didn't remember it either. the one that Adam Levine yeah. sings? Like, it's the one that he steals from her. Yeah. Okay, well... Because like, he, he performs it at the... That's not actually how it happens. I think she gives him right. permission to do it. I misremembered the movie slightly. You are correct. He begins uh, it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the best. It still seems song. like Glory's like the front runner at this point. Like, yeah, and yeah, good for good for them. I don't know. I've never been able to get fully on board with Common. I've come around on John Legend in general, though. I like that song that's in Django a lot. I, I do, too. But, uh, I do like John Legend in general. I'm a big guy. I like Common, though. I'm a big Common fan. I think even though uh, I know that he's publicly like renounced his past statements, his like homophobic lyrics and his earlier stuff, 
you know, I just, when I, mm. when I came upon that stuff, like late in high school or early in college, like it, it struck me wrong and I've never really gotten over it. Fair enough. Uh, so I've never, yeah, I, I understand that Common's talented, but I have a, I have a tough time. With he, it. he gave me the food. What's what? <laughs> the song, the food. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I he gave like, me food. I was on the street. Were you starving? I don't understand. Yeah, he came up hell on wheels and he, <laughs> <laughs> but I once saw, I've told this story before. I've told this story so many times that, I remember the story more than I remember the actual event, and now I'm starting to doubt whether or not it really happened. <laughs> oh, a veracity training. Um, I worked at uh, the Arclight in Hollywood. Yeah. And um, one day, LeVar Burton came in. Um, and he was with, I don't know if it was daughter, niece, you know, he was with uh, uh, a young woman. They were uh, a young girl. They were going to see The Last Mimsy. This was 2007. Go on. LeVar Burton came by, you know, I was working the concession stand, it came up, and I introduced myself. I usually, you know, famous people came into the Arclight all the time, and I usually didn't, I would usually just keep quiet about it. Even if it was someone I loved, like Dwight Yoakam, I would just keep quiet. But, but reading Rainbow's LeVar Burton. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk to him about. I'm not like a, I'm not a big Trekkie or anything, but reading Rainbow was very important to me, so I was like, hey, I normally don't, I don't want to bug you or anything, I know, but this was a big deal, and he was like, it means a lot, and he shook my hand. And then he went, and he went over to, to the theater where the last movie was showing, and then he just stood there. <laughs> and he didn't go in clearly waiting for someone it's getting time for the movie to start and who comes down the hallway but common all right and another i don't know daughter niece whatever yeah and common and lavar burton went to see the last movie <laughs> in my mind this is what happened it was their common law daughter <laughs> <laughs> i don't have any evidence that they're actually friends in real life i might have just uh <laughs> invented this it's been seven years i'd stick with years it now but in my it's memory a good story so Lord burton and common went to see the last mimsy <laughs> together and it was delightful did they have a song in it <laughs> <laughs> maybe like, lavar burton's famous singing maybe career. he's on a tv in the last mimsy at some point <laughs> yeah. that uh that period when i worked we can wrap up in a second but that period <laughs> when i worked at the arc light the other thing that happened I all the time is mike tyson came to the arc light like multiple times a week for a, just a s- short period and he would always see like, um, not necessarily highbrow, like middlebrow, like you know, kind of art. Like I remember him seeing King's Bra- Speech. Uh, okay. This is before that, Breaking and Entering, Anthony Minghella. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Like he came to see that. Huh? That was the kind of stuff he'd come see in the middle of the day, and it was always like pretty cool. And then people would recognize him, and he'd sign autographs afterwards. It was it was cool. But then seeing um, Beck. And Marissa Rabisi show up to see music and lyrics. <laughs> that was the opposite. That was a little disheartening. Like, Feature classic. Um, I've actually never seen it. Uh, okay. Anybody else got any celebrity setting stories from eight years ago? Not that good. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Saw Seth Rogen buy a candle one time, but that's all I got. Yeah? <laughs> Robert Forrester walked by me at the Arclight once. I was like, hey, there's Robert Forrester and Sweats. <laughs> sweats. Kind of disappointed there, Robert Forrester. Yeah, I've interviewed him before too, so it's like, oh, he, he really dresses up for the interviews. <laughs> well, I'd hope so, but hope so nevertheless, <laughs> you're out in public, man. All right. Well, this has been fun, right? I've had a blast. It's fun as the last Mimsy. <laughs> <laughs> that one I did see. Um, thank you guys for being here. Um, you guys at home can find me at battleshippretension.com or follow me on Twitter. You can do both and follow me on Twitter at the pretension. Uh, email me, David at battleship com. Listen to my other podcast. It's called, Hey, watch this this week. Um, I completely forget what we we're talking about. Well, we we're talking about the premiere of two, two premieres, um, togetherness on HBO Ooh. and 12 monkeys on sci-fi. Oh, I haven't watched the one yet. <laughs> 
we'll see I think how you should have him just on every podcast to react to various times. You can keep those say. samples. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's going on at Hey Watch This. Um, Aaron, you go first. Where, where can people find you? Oh, boy. Your... I am on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. I am writing for whysoblue.com, blue as in Blu-ray. I write for my own blog, thecodezeek.com. I have a couple podcasts out now with Aaron and Abe, which has my co-host Abe and I talking about new movies weekly. And I also have the Ichapod Cranecast, <laughs> where I talk about the show Sleepy Hollow. Because Sleepy Hollow is not nearly as good as it was in the first season, we are very much less enthusiastic about it, but we still have the best named Sleepy Hollow podcast possible. So there you go. What are other names of Sleepy Hollow podcasts? Just like Sleepy Hollow Fancast. So disappointing. Yours is so good. The Ichapod Cranecast. Yeah, That's I mean, I guess once you take it that, like, what else is there? But... <laughs> It's got to be something. So, uh, well, if Sleepy Hollow is flagging, apparently, yeah, sounds like maybe you need to ditch this thing. Well, and you and I need to start the Empire Podcast. The Empire Pod, that's <laughs> the Cookie Cast. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I. I Put way too much attention on that one. When Out Now is much more fun and much more fun to talk about. Out Now, here today, we do. We just had like our top ten episode, which is like two and a half hours, and I had a whole bunch of guests on there and stuff. Like, it's, that's just a fun podcast to do, and we have lots of guests all, every week on that one. Scott? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow. That's R-A-I-L of Tomorrow. That's also my website, railoftomorrow.com, where you can read my top 50 uh, cinematic discoveries of last year, the best older movies I saw. What's number 37? Um, <laughs> I didn't rank them. Oh. I just put them in chronological order. What's the 37th order. one? Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, chronological by year of release or by the time you saw them? By year of release. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's that. I'm also on BattleshipRetention.com, of course, and CriterionCast.com, where I'm also hosting some podcasts, and we'll be talking about Port of Shadows pretty soon. Right. But Battleship Retention is more important. <laughs> for listeners, sure. Okay. <laughs> and for you, David. Port of it. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. This is yeah. a blast. Thank you at home for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs> This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 